Hello, hello. Welcome to episode five of the Eddie Conversation podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Before jumping into, into this, this week's episode, I do want to remind you that the, the full conversation is available in video form on YouTube. You can just search the Eddie Conversation podcast to find the full version as well as clips uh, if you do want to watch the conversation versus just listen to it. Without further ado, episode five, Gianna Carly. All right, so thanks for Hi. thanks for coming out. Of course, thank you for having me. Yes, really so to you be here. are you are Gianna Carly. Uh, I could describe you as a. How would you describe yourself? Good question. <laughs> yes. So right now, I would like to describe myself as an LA-based actor, a fresh. LA-based actor. I moved here just about two weeks ago, so I'm happy to be here, originally from Chicago, and my first time ever living in LA, so this is an exciting yeah. first kind of experience. Yeah, so I, I, I guess like I'm curious to hear, because that story, the story of moving to Los Angeles is, mm-hmm. a, is, a, is a famous one, and it's a big dream of a lot of people. So for me, it's exciting to kind of catch you on the, the cusp of the move and kind of get where your mindset's at and what your plan of attack is and, and, and kind of have, have, I guess, in terms of the podcast in general, like I like the idea of, of checking in yeah. later on and seeing like, all right, sweet, what did you try? How did it go? And then we're it. like, you know, who, who knows? Who knows how? Who knows? Yeah. So awesome. Okay, so really great question. Well, kind of, what's my short-term plan well, here? Well, actually, before we jump into that, yeah. I do want to also just let people know that uh, the other interesting things I wanted to talk about too was your background in the private investigator mm-hmm. sector. I'll just call it. Yep. Because because um, that's cool and different. Uh, you've also spent time in places that are cool, like. China, Italy, okay. yeah, yeah, for like done a like, little bit of traveling, like extended extended time, which is cool too. So right. I'm always interested to hear more about, about those cultures and the experiences, because because we we've chatted before a little bit, but mm-hmm. I want we, you know, this is an opportunity to dive even further in, and uh, yeah, but okay, yeah. Let's, let's let's get the let's get the 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 moving stuff and all that. Yeah, go go for it. Perfect. So moving to LA first, or like my job outside of acting first. Let's do let's do the acting first. Okay. What, yeah. What's uh? Tell us about that. Yeah. So, I honestly wasn't planning on moving here. Now, um, kind of since I started acting, mm-hmm. I always had an idea of. Wow, it would be fun to live in LA and just kind of try out acting there because I've always been. Chicago-based actor. Um, I've had opportunities to come out here and film things, but never obviously lived here. Weirdly enough, all things COVID, I think, made this happen. Um, My roommate had reached out to me over the summer, kind of right in the mix of COVID, and knew that I had an idea of LA sometime in my future. And she said, hey, Sorry, I know this is kind of last minute, but my company just transferred me to the LA branch 
um, would you be willing to move and be my roommate? And she had an apartment lined up and kind of everything weirdly fell into place. I had been working from home with my other job for mm -hmm. months already and I knew that we could do our work from anywhere and moving to LA would kind of give me like maybe my next step in my acting career. Yeah. So I made the move <laughs> and now being here, um, since the moment that Nicole, my roommate, had reached out to me, I've really thought of like, what do I want to get out of this? Why do I want to do it? Mm -hmm. And how am I going to make that happen? Mm -hmm. Those are all really complex questions, but I've given it a lot of thought. And my main priority here is just to like continue to do what I love, which is bringing the art of comedy to real life and just giving that fun um, entertainment aspect of my life to people and hopefully more people can see my work. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I loved in Chicago and I'm even more excited about being here is to connect with creatives. Like I had reached out to you and was like, I just want to meet other people in the industry and create with them, whether it be something on a super small scale or a larger scale. And I know there's so much opportunity here for that. So short term, I just want to really get creating and see where it takes me. Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, starting point, I feel like, for sure. Um, I really enjoy, like I, I told you this before, too, like I like, what's the, what's the proactiveness mm -hmm. of, of the reach out is always a, is a plus in my book so I'm always talked about when people do do that kind of stuff like I've I've worked with a lot of people that have just cold reach out to me like on Instagram or otherwise mm -hmm. and I'm like cool like I mean that's the stuff that I do too so I'm yeah. like sweet we're you know I don't know like I vibe with that yeah um, totally. I, I did want to ask I guess to get back to your move situation how it kind of mm -hmm. worked out like yeah what and, and I guess now that you've made the move, what was your, what was your plan of attack prior to the opportunity coming up? Did you, did you have any sort of loose timeline or was it just, like, how did that, how did that play? Yeah. So meaning if I had stayed in it, Chicago. Yeah. Cause you had, you had mentioned before that it was like a dream that you were considering. Yeah. What, what was your, if, if this hadn't come up. Mm-hmm what would the plan be or what was your plan prior to? Yeah, yeah. that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I guess it also worked out timing-wise because I feel like I had done a lot of what mm -hmm. I could in mm -hmm. Chicago. I mean, obviously, Chicago's like an emerging market for film and TV and Second City is huge out there. But I've already had a couple shows at Second City. I've done a lot of the independent films in Chicago, so my next plan of action would probably be to try to get on some okay. of the Chicago-based TV shows like Chicago Med, Chicago Fire. Um, that's the only thing I really haven't done out there and I could have tackled. Mm -hmm. um, I also would have really liked to create my own sketch comedy show mm -hmm. or like get a group of individuals to work on sketch comedy together 
Uh, I used to be part of a group, and I loved it. But we all kind of went our own ways and, you know, followed our own futures. Sure, sure. But then all things COVID happened, and that kind of slowed that that idea down in Chicago. But the next step would be kind of getting on those Chicago-based TV shows. All right. So that was, all right. So that was kind of more more of the, the only thing left to tackle was that. And then once that was accomplished, maybe you'd right. be like, all right, now I've got to, now I have no choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. And there's I, always like classes that I look forward to and I'm like, oh, I want to do this class, then this class, because it would go really good with the class I want to do after. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have like a class schedule, but that's all short term. Yeah. Planned. No, no, for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I'm glad I moved here. Um, and like I said, I think weirdly enough, the timing works where things have somewhat calmed down with, with COVID. Who knows if we'll have another big <laughs> spike. Anything could happen. Yeah. But more productions are happening now. And I think it's like a really good time for like us to meet up like this. Um, and same thing with other directors and producers I've met the past couple weeks so that's Mm -hmm. been really nice they kind of have a little more free time you know yeah yeah how I guess one thing I was curious about too because um I did a similar thing I I think we talked about this a little bit but when I when I moved when I moved out here from Reno yeah where I was just reconnecting with any sort of seed I had planted Mm -hmm. or like because up in Reno, there's Lake Tahoe, so a lot of like LA-based productions would kind of go up to shoot at Tahoe, and I would PA right. for them or something or right. or whatever. So uh, now that I was down here, I'm like, hey, remember me from whatever, whatever that one thing? <laughs> that like three years ago. Like you're cool. Uh, so I did I did a similar thing, and I'm kind of, I mean, it's still early, and there's not there's not enough time to have gone by to really have any. I don't know. Who knows? I was just curious, what have you gotten so far out of the meetups? How how is it how's it going? Really good. <laughs> um Don't lie to I, me. I'm no, kidding. I'm so serious. Like Oh no flakes I don't know. Or and yet? what were you gonna say? No flakes or anything yet? No. Okay. Like I feel like it's almost like knock on wood. Too, too good. good to be true. Like it's just so cool and interesting meeting all like, you know, different connections that you might know over Instagram or like email back and forth or maybe you were PA briefly a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And then actually like getting together and having a real conversation with someone and being like, wow, this is a person behind Mm -hmm. that Instagram. How cool. And they have so much to talk about. Um, And this was definitely like something that I was missing in Chicago too. And that could have just been on my end where I wasn't proactively reaching out and, and, you know, talking to directors as I could. But everyone's been really, really kind and open to talking. So last night, for example, I met with a director, producer, but he also has an international distribution company. Mm. And Hook me up. That, I know, <laughs> but that's so cool. And that's like one side of all things entertainment I'm really not knowledgeable on like I don't know anything about it talking about the distribution side yeah and 
I am interested in kind of like the behind the scenes of like how a film gets to where it is and money mm -hmm. and all those things I'm curious about. Yeah. So we just talked about that for like an hour and I was totally picking his brain and he was more than happy to share like everything. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll discuss this later sure. too, but he was talking about how they do a lot of back and forth with China, of course, and mm. there's so many laws and regulations and just their government is completely different than ours and just like the difficulties they have but how much he's learned over time mm. and how he now knows how to distribute to them. And I speak Chinese, so I was extra interested right. in that. I was like, oh my gosh, do you ever have language barriers? And we just dove deep into that topic. And now I'm like, I need to get a couple distribution books and read up. <laughs> like, this is so fun. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, let's talk about that now while we're there. Oh, God, OK. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess I guess just, like, I don't know, whatever you feel like sharing about it. But mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm OK, I can. The thing that I was thinking about while you were talking was the how how interesting the other side of the camera is. Yeah. And like for okay, for me I think about every aspect of film mm -hmm. you can just dive super deep in and just yeah. hyper focus your entire talent into that one that one sector. Yeah. Of like every single aspect. It's like, you know, sound or production design or makeup or yeah. Distribution. So for me, I instantly get this like feeling of overwhelmness of, of like another thing that I have to learn. So when you say uh, how, I don't know, I don't know, when you're talking about it, I'm like, oh no, like that's just too much for me. But I want to yeah. know it, but I, it's, it's kind of. Yep. So what? All right, let me. The latest thing that I, that I was thinking about too was the the Mulan the Mulan debacle that happened. I don't know if you too touched on that at all, yeah. but how when when Disney was doing the live action adaptation of their of their movie, mm -hmm. they were really hoping to cater it for the Chinese market. Yep. And I don't know, I don't know how much COVID is to blame for how poorly it went in China. Yeah. But. Uh, it is interesting to think about how the best in the business who've worked with China endlessly are now trying to make a movie for China and it going so poorly. Yeah. So it's a weird it's a weird scenario to just understand what there is there and maybe maybe lessons on what they did wrong or what this guy is talking about and what he's learned. Like I don't know. I don't even know yeah. what what that looks like. I don't No, I I don't either, and those were like some of the questions I was asking him too. Mm -hmm. Like, they created Mulan, not like originally to be for China, but that was the direction of like the Chinese government said, if you're gonna recreate this mm -hmm. movie, it has to be for us more or less. And um, what he was saying last night was that so many regulations are like, no film will be accepted in China if it touches on anyone going against government or anyone speaking up. And I know that Mulan itself is about a Chinese character and it's like a very, very old story that mm -hmm. dates all the way back um, to China. But 
she like essentially stood up against like the Chinese government. And I don't know how that could have played into any kind of distribution, but I actually did think about that while we were talking because the main thing he said is like if they if anyone goes against Chinese government, if um, anyone touches on like any other politics or talks poorly on the country itself, like that's all shut down. Mm -hmm. um, and all those things are really interesting to me. But did you and did you have a chance to watch the? No, I didn't. Did you? <laughs> yeah. How? What yeah, did you no, think about I, I, it? I guess just to to reframe the distribution stuff too with mm -hmm. like. My understanding was that they took the they took the music out because for for China they took like they they made yeah. a lot of changes. I don't know, like the story itself. Like Mulan never really goes against the government. She's more right. They, she's trying to save the emperor, right? Right. Like, so right. Um, but uh, I mean, I I don't know. Was, I did, don't know what the... did you like it overall? <laughs> Would you watch it again? It's, Would you recommend it? I guess for me the. The biggest thing was they they changed the character a lot in ways that mm -hmm. no longer made it enjoyable to watch in yeah. a way like there was no character growth or arc for mm -hmm. Mulan, which she has a great arc in the cartoon. Yeah. Um, but that's more that's more from like a writer's perspective too mm -hmm. maybe. But like if uh, when I was watching it, I'm like this is a beautiful movie, and this is like badass. And if I was like. If I was a little kid, I'd be eating this up 100% because she just looks so cool. Yeah. And it's like your heart kind of warms up just seeing her do the things she does, and it's super right. cool. Um, so I got that out of it. And, like, the, the beginning and ending I liked a lot with the family and the dad okay. was super, like, Heartful. the feels. And, yeah. um, but the whole the whole in-between bit with uh, her, her growth kind of upset me. But... Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. You still have the cartoon. Yep. Um, but okay. Interesting. So. I'm glad that they remade it. I like all the kind of live remakes of Disney movies. And it's weird watching them now, like, as an adult, whereas I grew up with, obviously, mm -hmm. all the cartoons, as we all did. Um, <laughs> but yeah. but I, I enjoy how... They recreate them and see the differences okay. that, that they do. Yeah. yeah. Some I like more than others. Like which, which one's your favorite? The Beauty and the Beast remake. Emma, I love it. Emma Watson. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just like Emma Watson. Yeah, I've only I've only seen it once. Okay. But I, I did I did think it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. Um, what were the other ones that were like fine? I actually didn't see Lion King. Have you? Yeah, yeah. What did you? Think I don't know. Of that? I I'm, I'm a big fan. I don't know. I think it's just the nostalgia. But mm -hmm. like, I I root for those movies to do good, and I watch them. Like some people just like hate them off the bat without even, like really watching it or yeah. whatever. Or they'll watch it and then they'll be like, it's not as good. But like the Lion King. I still enjoy the musical numbers. It's still it's still fun, and the mm -hmm. the graphics are super cool, and uh, like I mean, there's still there's still the weirdness. I'm sure you've probably heard about it with like the mouths. Yep. <laughs> and, and the lack of like like animated faces that you get in the cartoon with like actual uh -huh. expression. It's just more of like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It almost you could have gone Homeward Bound with it and just had like voiceover. 
animals talking. It would have been that probably could have worked, huh? huh? I don't know. It's all right. As technology evolves, hopefully we'll get to where we want to be someday, and that'll yeah. all look and sound great. Because yeah, eventually. I mean, it, no, I mean, I mean, for what it was, it, I I dug it a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. But okay, I'll I have to put it on my bucket list. Yeah, and then I liked Aladdin too. I liked the, okay. I liked Will Smith's genie. I thought he did a good job. Nice. Because he had everything stacked against him in that one. Yeah. Um, that one. So I still haven't. I haven't seen geez, that one either. You haven't seen I any? No. Well, I saw. I'm trying. To, I think back to Snow White. Um, that was a while ago now. But with uh, Kirsten, Kristen Stewart. Yes, I wasn't crazy about that one. Um. I don't know, and I, that was like, I watched it kind of around the time I, when I like rewatched Beauty and the Beast, I was like, oh my god, this is not as good well, as Beauty and the Beast. Because it, it was early days yeah, of live action yeah. remake. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. That was like super early, but Beauty and the Beast is still my favorite. But I need to watch Aladdin, because Aladdin's one of my favorite mm -hmm. cartoon Disney movies, and I like Will Smith a lot, even though, yeah, I heard, yeah. I heard conflicting opinions on I if thought, people liked it or didn't. It so. was fine. It was good. Okay. It was good. Okay. And it's, I mean, it's different. So it's hard. To, I mean, you just got to accept the fact that it's not the same movie and you'll, yeah. you'll be okay. <laughs> you'll be okay. Accepted now. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we were, we were talking about China distribution, but I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much there is left to no, uh, when, interesting tidbits or anything. Right. But, but to go just like, back to conversations that I've had like yeah. it's just really nice to get people's perspectives on what they do mm. in the industry what mm -hmm. they can cont contribute to the industry and like makes me think of things that I've never really thought of or like I don't know much about like you were saying it is overwhelming but it's really cool yeah. um, I met with another Italian American director mm. Um, and we just went on and on about all things Italian film yeah. and kind of, of course, had to talk about family and food as well. But that was cool because I got like the home feeling of, oh my gosh, you grew up, you're talking about yeah. all the movies I watched with my dad. And I love that so much. So yeah. just. So everybody has been. I mean, I'm sure, okay, because you reach out to them, mm -hmm. and they're the ones meeting up with you, so I'm sure, I don't I don't imagine anybody meeting up and being, like, I don't want to say not supportive, but, right. but like, kind of trying to advise you, like, go back home, this is not a good idea, <laughs> like, I don't imagine anybody saying that, they're more, like, rooting for you to, like, all right, sweet, here's what I know, take what you can, take right. what you can, and, and best of luck. Right. Um, but I don't know if you got anything where they're like, be careful here. Or like, I don't know if you got like any, because I, I imagine ideally there are people watching or listening that are looking to make the move or so like just passing, passing on a little bit of the, 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 the advice that you've been getting yeah. as you're settling in that, that you found useful so far. Yeah. So the majority of the conversations we have is kind of just like getting to know each other and mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. um, yesterday morning I had breakfast with a, an executive producer and I had the chance to ask her because she also moved here from Chicago like 20 
years ago. And I said, what advice do you have for a Chicago actor transitioning to L.A.? And the only thing she told me, but I, like, agree, this is a great piece of advice, is that when you get a call, when you get in front of anyone. A call back? Like a call, like a call back or a call from a director, okay. a call from anyone. All she said, what? when you get a call, when you get in front of a director, when you're not in an audition, when you're showing acting, when you're acting in any capacity, all she said was, be creative. Which seems so <laughs> simple, and it is really simple, but she's also like right in that you always have to remember like you have to stand out. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. people will say, okay, this person's good, but what makes you stand out from everyone else? And that's like so classic, so cliche, but she was like, don't forget it. <laughs> like yeah, just yeah. never forget that. That I feel that. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of a moment I had. Ah, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we talked about this last time, but okay. um or I don't know if I mentioned okay, so my my dream mm -hmm. that I'm kind of using as a as a as a distant goal point is yeah. um I, I think we talked about it, but it's directing a Marvel movie. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So I did research early on when I first moved here on like I don't know, what have other directors done and how do I like, well, a piece of advice that I got earlier, too, was, like, this is the city you can meet up with people in. Like, everybody's here. Mm -hmm. So if there's somebody you want to meet, just meet them. Yeah. Know? So Which sounds, like, <laughs> so much easier said than done. But, like, yeah, so, eventually meet So them. one person I put on my list mm -hmm. was the guy that, that hires the directors to direct the movies, and that guy Eddie, is Eddie? producer okay. Kevin Feige, who okay. runs the entirety of Marvel, and yeah. he's kind of like the he's kind of like the the face of 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 the creative side and, and bringing on the creatives he trusts and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, how do I talk to that guy? Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> I like already know this is such a process. <laughs> Buckle yourselves in, kids. Here we go. So I was a part, or I still am. It's it's not been the best year because of COVID, but uh, mm -hmm. Film Independent is a resource that I, I utilize too as like a networking thing. Yeah. So Film Independent, I don't know if you've heard about them or they, they've been brought up at all. But, I haven't. Um, it's a yearly subscription, and they have a base down, I don't know, in L.A. somewhere. <laughs> Uh, not too far from, from my place, but okay. they they cater, they have a bunch of resources for independent filmmakers, and mm -hmm. they have cool panels and Q&As, and during award season, they, they're they a part of, like, normally when, when, when movies are doing the awards running up to the, like, Oscars and stuff, they have a bunch of screenings around town, okay. and they invite industry people, because they're the ones that vote in all, like, the SAG Awards and the... The, the film independent hosts the Spirit Awards and Got it. all that kind of stuff. So everybody's trying to get their movies watched. So they just invite people and just give them free tickets and stuff. Yeah. So through film independent, I was able to go to a Black Panther screening. Nice. Um, for free. I mean, I already seen it like a couple of times, but I was like, 
the Q the Q and A after the movie, like mm-hmm. the director was gonna be there, uh, Ryan Coogler, okay. um, Kevin Feige was gonna be there. So Amazing. I'm like, all right, that's the guy I want to talk to. Ryan Coogler's yeah. cool, but Kevin Feige's gonna be the one to hire me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's there, um, and then they had the the cost the head costume person, the production design. They had I think, uh, I don't know, somebody from sound maybe. That was like seven department heads. From Black Panther, my my, whatever, we're all there. And you. <laughs> and then there's me. <laughs> so, uh, one piece of advice that I got that I te- definitely took to heart was, get there if if you want to talk to somebody, get there early. Yep. When they're on a panel, find them on a panel, get there early, sit in the front row so they can kind of like see your face or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. They, and then once once the floodgates open up. <laughs> <laughs> you are the first one there. to go. So, I was like getting nervous the whole time, and uh, um, you <laughs> like, it's okay, it's done now, it's okay. And uh, I'm just thinking, all right, I'm here. This is my chance to talk to him and ask him the big question. Yeah. The only question I had for him is like, what do I have to do, or like, what can I, what, what do I have to do for, yeah, you know, for you to bring me on as a director or whatever straight yeah, up great good and, i love uh, it to the point yeah so i i bolt up and this actor swoops in front of me and i'm sorry he, he does, were you sitting in the does, front row like me he was like right next to me so oh. we're both racing <laughs> but um he did a thing that i probably would recommend not to do oh and he handed him something I think it was I think it was like a thumb drive or uh, like even like a CD or something kind of old school like that where it's like here's my here's my actor's reel like just take a look at it and I'm okay. like <laughs> okay continue on <laughs> <laughs> so no do you have a do you have a thought on this well just like you have to be mindful of he probably doesn't have like a bag of things to put all the actor's thumb drives in and it's just like carrying it around like. Maybe he doesn't even have pockets. Maybe his suit is too nice to have, like, mm-hmm. all the, I don't know, uh, yeah. And he... Yeah, so, I mean, the, the moral there is likely the situation is he's going to either, like, toss it right after or he'll yeah. keep it and never watch it or whatever. Yeah, sure. The, the, you never know. Maybe he will watch it. Maybe he will. Who knows? Sure. But there's probably... Okay, yeah. So my, my mentality was get my face in front of him, have mm-hmm. the interaction, ask the question. Yeah. Uh, but not, yeah, whatever. Like, keep it simple. Sure. Uh, and then I was like, I think I, he was, <laughs> I think, because he was trying to get away, right? Because okay. like, he wants to leave. <laughs> and I think I, I, like, touched his shoulder or something. I kind of, like, so hey, like, before he turns away from the actor, I'm like, hey, like, a quick question. Uh-huh. I asked my question. Good job. I think I said, um, I was like, hey, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, sorry, um, Mr. Feige, oh. sorry. <laughs> so I had like a nice little awkward moment there, <laughs> Un- unscripted, unplanned. Um, <laughs> little improv little to improv, start off the conversation. But I was a little bit too too casual with him, I felt. But yeah. um, I asked a question, and he looked me in the eye, mm. and he said something similar to what your person said, where he's like, I have the quote somewhere. But it's simple on, like, uh, just make something cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why is it 
It's so simple. It's not that simple. Be creative. That's all you got. Yeah, it was either make cool stuff or make something cool. And then I kind of just stared at him blank. I'm like, wait, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of gave him like a kind of, I don't know, for those that aren't watching the video, like kind of like the, probably like a, a micro expression squint. To yeah. Him, like. Okay. Like, um. So then he went a step further and explained like it could be, like he's like, it could be anything. Just, you know, a TV show, you know, a short film, okay. feature film, just make it just, something yeah, just something. Cool. So kind of like what you said, it's like. Stand out, be something worth bringing wanting, on wanting, and worth wanting yeah. and something unique enough that could that could add to the diversity that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. But he kept it super simple, like, just make something cool. Yeah, like... <laughs> and I'm like... Dude. No pressure. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you looking for? Do you want... Okay, so good start, <laughs> Kev. Uh, what about... <laughs> Okay, well, it was nice and, like, awesome that you yeah. got to meet him, actually. Like, you had that on your bucket list. You're like, I'm going to do it. And then you took it's, the steps you needed to and finally did it. Yeah, on the on the many steps to accomplishing a goal, mm -hmm. you got to start somewhere. Yeah. You can't just expect Kevin Feige to knock on your door when you haven't made anything cool yet. It's true. That's <laughs> so, true. You did not listen to his... So, his recommendation. So I like the idea. I guess like just one thing that I think about too is like future Eddie. Once mm -hmm. he like once he has another chance to interact and get in a room with Kevin Feige, you see him again in a panel and be like, "Hey, I met you the like I talked to you the first time at Black Panther thing. This is our exchange. You told me this, and by the way, I followed that to heart, and I made this and this. Love it. And then like have like the little follow up over the years and yeah. you know, by. I don't know, 2025, I'll, I'll be working on... Uh, You'll be on the next Marvel movie. Squirrel Girl or whatever. There the, you go. You know, you know. There you go. So, It'll happen for you. So I I know it. I feel it. All right. All right. I'm proud of you, though, for, like, actually getting yourself there. And scary. It is very scary. And that piece of advice, I love how you, like, wrote it down. You're like, I have a quote somewhere over here. <laughs> I'll find it later. Yeah, I... I it's on my Instagram somewhere, oh, one of my stories, okay. but okay. I definitely noted it because I'm like, I should have it somewhere. I feel like I should just make a whole placard of like, just make something cool <laughs> Kevin Feige quote <laughs> yeah. to just look at every day and be like, yes, that's I it. will, and eventually. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. So do you have any ideals for like a little... Eddie Marvel movie or something of that nature? Um, an Eddie Marvel movie? Or, you know, a cool version of a movie you would like to create that you would one day possibly I, get that, to I guess, I guess that's probably the thing I'm missing, actually. <laughs> that's something cool. Is, um, no, is, uh, I, I guess right now what I'm focusing on is my voice mm -hmm. as, a, as, a, as a filmmaker and as a director. Okay. Because I feel like I want, it's, it's too general, and I, I need to, I feel like I really need to potentially hyper-focus this, but right. like, I feel like the way that Marvel works is they find a director with a voice, like they, they're the ones who do the work on matching the director with the hero in a way, mm -hmm. to where like, 
I don't know. So all, all I'm trying to do right now is make sure that I know who I am mm-hmm. and what I bring to the table and then how to bring that to a character. Because I, I think about Taika Waititi and what he did for Thor. I'm not sure if yeah. you're familiar with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thor Ragnarok was his was his breakout as a director. He'd done a lot of indie stuff before that. Yeah. And he, he carried his voiceover from his indie projects into the Thor movie. Okay. And I, I'm kind of curious on how that played out. Like, was Taika already a fan of Thor? Or did they reach him out and say, Hey, here's Thor. We need like we're Can looking for creative? we're looking for directors to really shake this up and change yeah. things and you have a voice. Yeah. What do you what what do you see for this character? And then mm-hmm. Taika pitches something and, and researches Thor and figures that stuff. Like I don't I don't know how the process works. So Sounds like maybe you reach out to Taika next. What do we think? What do we think? That's a good idea. Not I should have him idea. on the podcast. Should have him on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. So that no, that's uh, those are I definitely have my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of how I assume they work, where where it's like, all right, we've got these movies on the docket to shoot in the next eight years. Yeah. And because they plan way down the line, so uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know if I answered your question, but that's, yeah, that's no, I mean you, you're still working to get that that cool part and there's multiple moving parts to to find your cool production to one day give to him so i get it it's not easy at all i guess (laughs) long process the one thing i've noticed on that too to to carry that forward a little bit is um the uh, one piece of advice that i was getting early on too when i was when i was tell certain groups because mm-hmm. I got into networking events where you kind of stand up and you're like hey I'm Eddie uh, this is my dream <laughs> <laughs> uh, does anybody have any thoughts or advice on like yeah on like what I can do and then uh, the head guy is like yeah like if you if that's what you want to do then make like superhero stuff mm-hmm. and show them you can make superhero stuff but I'm like the other directors are bringing on didn't do any superhero stuff they did like Ryan Coogler did, like the all right. Ryan Coogler directed Creed mm-hmm. prior to Black Panther. Yeah. And to me, if I was Kevin Feige, that demonstrates this guy could add to a universe that's already pre-existing, work with True. characters, and an actor that created the universe was Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. and he he directed Sylvester Stallone. He added to the universe. He played within the box and made everybody happy and made an awesome movie. Yeah. So that's kind of like a similar thing to what like Marvel asked for, is come in, add to the universe, yeah. work in our sandbox. So he demonstrated that with Creed. Um, so I kind of look at more things like that, where it's like okay. deal, like show people you can handle the collaborative process of the story is bigger than just you, and there's more, right. there's more layers than just, I don't know. Whatever. No, I mean, I think you have the right mindset exactly. Like, you've clearly done your research, and no, like, that really does show, and that's important. Mm-hmm. You've done your research, but another thing, too, yeah. follow our mottos of make something cool and be creative. Sure. Why couldn't you do, like, like something superhero movie, like the had of that place that 
Kevin Feige? Not Kevin Feige. Um, the the meet the networking. Um, oh right, right. The networking. Right. Yeah. Meetup that you went to, where they said make a superhero movie. Why can't you make a superhero movie, but one that like is not the typical superhero movie mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. so out of the box and is like in another completely. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Not, no, like you could incorporate the two being like, oh, okay, so Eddie is directly mm -hmm. reaching for a superhero movie, but there's also this other aspect that no one was expecting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The world's made of cheese. That's, that's definitely... superheroes trying to get all the rats right. away. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No, I mean, that's that's an idea. Mm -hmm. um, and I, this is just me throwing stuff oh, out there, so no. don't listen to me. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. I, uh, it's definitely a thought that I've had, too. But, like, um, I, don't, I just think about it's the, it's the age of superheroes right now, too. Mm -hmm. And especially in TV, like, uh, what uh, Netflix has, like, the Umbrella Academy. Right. Amazon Prime has The Boys. Right. Uh, MCU and DC are just making 80 movies a year. Yep. DC has all their shows, and Marvel's coming out with Disney Plus. So it's That's true. I'm just like, mm. it's a lot of that being done. So I, I've got I've got ideas, okay. but potentially, I mean, there's there's what's the what's the word when it's not auxiliary, whatever. There, do you have the word for it? No. It's it's kind of. <laughs> circling that yeah. genre but not necessarily directly it okay. so it's okay. close and easy hop and skip away from yeah. kevin's call love it. Mr. Feige. love it well i have <sighs> ultimate faith in you and i know that you'll make it happen at some point we'll see what happens and this is very exciting you'll do it okay for sure i believe you <laughs> <laughs> um all right so let's talk about hard transition, bad segue, no segue. Um, <laughs> segue on to the next topic. Let's talk about, because uh, I know you uh, private investigating. Let's, let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. Because we, sure. um, you were a little bit hesitant to dive into, because it's, you know, I get it. When we talk about our own jobs, a lot of people, it's like, uh, it's kind of not that interesting, but I do want yeah. to, I have a couple questions on sure. it, but if you could just kind of recap specifically or, or generally what you do yeah. to base, give us a foundation. So, yeah, thank you. Um, so I will start back my college days. Mm. I did not go to school for anything acting or film, and I studied international relations and languages. So after college, I knew I wanted to incorporate my languages in some capacity of my job and the company I currently mm. work for. They're an investigations firm and they were looking for Chinese and Spanish speakers. Mm. So I was like, how ideal. So you, okay, you speak oh, how many, which languages? I speak Mandarin, Chinese, Spanish, and Italian. Okay. And a little bit of English. Still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I applied to the job. I got it. And now I do the investigations for the company that are 
not so exciting in the fact that I'm not like physically going out and watching people mm -hmm. or taking notes on um, anyone in person or any company in person, but I do all the behind the scenes research of that. So I'll basically be on my computer all day just kind of researching full background of an individual or background of corporate entities too. Mm -hmm. We do the corporate side of investigations and we're not part of the government, but we have previous FBI and CIA members who now work for us. So sometimes we contract with them, but mainly we just do corporate investigations. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about it is that I can work from anywhere because I'm just on my laptop and I kind of can be flexible with my hours too, which is great mm -hmm. for wanting to start something new, like doing film. Right, right. Flexibility is good. Yeah, definitely. And um, while it does, while it is still interesting and I, I do have really cool days, um, I've learned that I want to take my career more mm -hmm. to acting, mm -hmm. so. So in a way, it feels, uh, so are you, are you trying to say, not to put words in your mouth. Sure. <laughs> <but> <laughs> sure. That you actively are, are choosing not to see it as exciting just to kind yeah. of push down the urge to, because you still want to put your energy elsewhere, so. Right. Yeah, that, that kind of tactic. Yeah, so. It's interesting. I mean, I do really still have a passion for languages, and mm -hmm. I love using my languages whenever I can. Love to bring that into film sometime, but it's funny because I started working for this job before I started anything acting, and mm -hmm. I, you know, I mentioned the story to you, but I kind of like fell into this right. this profession now, and since I fell into it my heart and my mm -hmm. passion, what I want to spend my mm -hmm. majority of my time doing is on acting and film, kind of leaving the investigations behind, which is sad because it's still very interesting work, but I just have a passion elsewhere yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So I guess one thing I wanted to, to see if you had any, I don't know if they call it advice, mm -hmm. but like when I think about you doing individual, I don't know how you investigate people. I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I'll give but, you, I could give you the, the back, the I, quick I, analysis as, of what as, we as, do. As far, as far as like an individual, uh -huh. yeah, to see. I'm, I'm just sure. curious on if you doing your job has affected how you live your own life because mm -hmm. you know what's possible on, on the other end of knowing. Yeah. Yeah, like. yeah, so I definitely see a little bit of overlap there. But the general process of looking into a person, um, we have a lot of databases that provide a lot of the information we need, mm -hmm. and they're usually like U.S. public records. So you get someone's name, sometimes a date of birth, sometimes an address, any other PII, personally identifiable information, you call it, and you put this individual's information into a database. This database will generate every single 
address ever attached with mm -hmm. that individual, every phone number, every email address, every social security number they've ever had. If anyone else has used that social security number, will generate relatives associated with the individual. And then you can look into the relative's background as well. And then on top of that, it'll also give you like preliminary um, criminal or civil records. So that's the start mm -hmm. of your research. <laughs> Step one, you need to get all that that's information. That's the start. You just type a name in and all that pops up. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But the analysis on the, the human interaction side is taking all that beginning stuff and popping it in elsewhere. So public records do not give you official criminal or civil records. Those each have a database, mm -hmm. and that is searched by county throughout the United States. And to search an individual through counties, some of them are free searches online where you can look up mm -hmm. anyone's records, or some of them are paid. You can still look them up. You just have to pay for it. Others require, require a court runner which is a physical person going down to the court mm -hmm. and requesting documents. Mm -hmm. um, that's like the criminal civil history side of it. And then there's bankruptcies, judgments and liens, and other databases that kind of show that. That's all the nitty gritty stuff. Then you do the open source research where it gets creative. Mm. And that can be anything from, you know, seeing if there's a derogatory article about Eddie out there that said he is the worst director in the world. Mm -hmm. Then you read into that. You read into how official that source is. Is it reliable? Um, and that's just the creative aspects of it. Every single individual you search is different from everyone else, so you're going to have different avenues you have to mm -hmm. follow and mm -hmm. go from there. And social media is... Don't post bad stuff on social media, everyone. <laughs> it's never deleted, even when you think it is. You can mm. always find it. Mm. That's the piece of advice so, that I think everyone uh, can take away. And like I've learned for myself too, like try to limit my social media, even though I'm an actor and I want to have a public <laughs> Instagram profile so people can find me if they want to. That's the difficulty mm. of me being smart, but yeah, also so, wanting to. All right, so when you say don't post bad stuff, <laughs> you want to elaborate on what the bad sure. stuff could be? I mean, kind of like what you would expect. Let's say you're in a job interview and mm -hmm. the manager looks at your social media and your binge drinking alcohol mm -hmm. during the week and you post a picture of it. Not great. Um, we'll like go all the way back to before you were 21 and we'll see that you were possibly illegally drinking. Not great. Um, mm -hmm. Other things, and this is just more for like security, not necessarily derogatory information, but I will never do this. I'll never like post on Facebook, Gianna Carly is at the Wyndham Hotels, at, mm. like, I'll never post, like, the address like that um, I'm currently at. It's kind of like, I mean, that's a common feature that they, yeah. that they promote. A lot of people do that, like, you, you just checked in somewhere. Yeah, or, yeah. And that's, too, like, if you're 
leaving your home for a week and you're going on vacation, your neighbors next door know that you're probably not going to be at the house if you're on vacation. So that's not great mm -hmm. for security purposes there. Um, and then one thing, too, is like politics. That's a huge discussion mm. in itself. Mm. All most times, everyone has freedom of speech, so you can say whatever you like. Mm -hmm. But to an extent, when you're like putting down another group of people or um, something of that nature, and that gets a little yeah. a little into the weeds, but. So politics, interesting. Yeah, and we usually like don't flag anything politics because obviously everyone has their own opinion and it's encouraged for people to share their opinions. But what we do look for is like putting down, like I said, another group of people or calling out. It, it really depends. It really, really depends. But most times yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, of course, say say how you feel. Just don't be mean. <laughs> yeah, okay. I and mean, that sounds like just standard good advice. But I'm... Yeah. But it is nice to know that there... I guess, I guess the moral of the story is that it could have come back to bite you later down the road, even if it doesn't yeah. do it right now. Right. we don't know what people are going to be curious about. Like, there's... Whatever. That's a weird. That's a weird thing. Right, and I think that's even come up in the media recently too. Of like, you know, things people post eight, we, 10, 12 years ago. Are we talking cancel culture? Is that what you're uh, referring we to? We don't have to discuss cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but I mean, it's like a, a thing, you know. Yeah. That you posted a long time ago, and then it comes back, and it kind of bites you. That's my job to find that stuff, and I don't that's love interesting. that. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Mhm. Mm Very interesting. So. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny because we're we're recording this at my apartment, and when I, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll send you my address." I'm like, "She probably <laughs> got my address." No, it's perfect. I already did a full background <laughs> yeah. check on Eddie, and he's a great guy. Everyone. <laughs> I'm clear. <laughs> he's so. clear. But yeah, I was like, wait. Is this okay? Uh, yeah, I'm like, I, my number's on my website. I'm like, I don't have to send it or whatever. Eddie, but. I hate to tell you, but if I wanted your address, I could have looked it up anyways. It's, yeah. It's my job. It's very interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's work side of things. Very cool to use my Chinese. So where my Chinese comes <laughs> in is doing research on any Chinese individuals or corporations. Mm -hmm. So the whole other side of, of the job is on entities, which is a little more, I don't want to use the word boring, but a little less exciting sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Sometimes a little more exciting because there's cool red flags and you learn yeah, a lot yeah. about financials that you never thought you'd know. Um, and I learn a lot of things too with some of the investigations I work on, like I did an investigation on Bitcoin in China, mm, mm. and China recently, a couple years ago now, banned Bitcoin um, currency exchange. So I had looked into a company that was allegedly selling Bitcoin illegally or selling any coins illegally. So that was cool, and I had to learn, I had to teach myself 
all things Bitcoin because I knew nothing at the yeah, time. Yeah, I know nothing about Bitcoin. It's really complicated. <laughs> um, yeah. I know a little bit now, but... You haven't d jumped in and become a, a Bitcoin miner or anything like that? Oh my like god, that, no, or... I might have stayed like, extremely far away. I like, if you do it, power to you. I hope you make some money, but mm -hmm. I, it's still so complex and like unreliable in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but some sure. people have made good income, so. That's cool. Yeah, so I, I learned some things too like that, but I could kind of talk about my transition to acting if, well, if you don't mind, unless you have something else to ask. <laughs> I was just going to ask, have you yeah. ever thought about, um, I don't even know if this would be legal for you to do. Sure. I'm sorry, it probably is. Let's but, hear it. No, just like becoming like a, like having like blog post or journal and like, you know, it's like, hey, like this is what I learned about Bitcoin. And then you just kind of yeah. do all, take all that research and have it as like some sort of form. Like, I don't know. It feels like the stuff that you learn, even if like, especially like the red flag stuff, I feel like isn't stuff you could be. Oh, I found out this one company, and you just like put that out there. Yeah. And, and start so Twitter wars and stuff. Fortunately, and... that's not legal. I'm not allowed to talk about my cases unless um, that Bitcoin example. I could discuss it a little bit more in depth because it was litigation support. So I was doing an investigation on behalf of a law firm that was fighting the case in court. Mm -hmm. Since that case has closed, it's open knowledge, and anyone can look it up okay. and even find my report online. So as long That's as weird. it's public. Yes. So as long as it's public knowledge, I can discuss. So you can't do any breaking stories yourself as a reporter. Uh, in breaking story. Investigative, um. investigative journalist. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. Right, cool. I guess I could discuss, like, if I wanted to do, like, blog posts, like you said, like, Anonymous. procedures I use and cool tools that are open to anyone that people don't recognize like there's a lot of like reverse phone number searches that are open online and um, like let's say a random phone number texts you you can easily plug a phone number in and find the person's name possibly their address a lot of personal information so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things like that that are open um, and people don't know yeah. about are cool resources to have. Yeah, I guess, I guess the other, before we jump into your transition. Yeah. Sure, no, you take your time. I'll um, be here all day. I'm excited. I'm, I'm curious to hear about, like, I, I understand, the, uh, okay. I don't know what one does with that information anyway. Uh-huh. So I'm curious on that side of things, because I feel like that's, a, an opinion that is talked about a lot these days with like, oh, Facebook's taking all the information, Google's taking all the information, and your information's everywhere already anyway, yeah. the phones are listening to you, like all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So it's all out there, mm -hmm. and people are like, well, I have, I, have no, I have nothing interesting going on, so sure, go for it. Um, but I am curious, like what, in today's day and age, it feels like Knowing an address, I don't know how beneficial or what, what could, I don't know what people do with information. Or like, the, why do you need someone's, at, like, previous address? Yeah, like, what? Yeah. Like, what's the, yeah. Good question. So. I should, I feel like I should be afraid, but I don't know why. <laughs> fair, fair. And it totally depends. Like, we, 
do investigations and we do due diligence. So the difference between those two is that due diligence is conducted before you work with someone essentially to make sure nothing bad happens and investigation does not have to occur. Due diligence is like what mm -hmm. you should do before mm -hmm. to prevent an investigation from happening. So with previous addresses, there's not like a lot of times where they're really important, but sometimes they are, especially if like, let's say you are looking up an asset search. You want to know how much money a person is worth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you'll do that from all the previous homes that they've lived in, all the previous cars that they've had. You can get license plates from every car a person's ever owned or even leased or rented or et cetera. You can get all that information and mm -hmm. then essentially be able to find out how much money someone is worth. Mm -hmm. Or if you're in a lawsuit, that information can be really helpful. Um, and we've done asset searches for that particular reason. So it's like, I don't have the money. I've never had the money. Mm -hmm. They make a claim oh, and okay, we can okay. rebut gotcha. it. So that's you. what addresses are important with. Another thing that we use addresses for every piece of research we do, an address gives you a city and a county a person's associated with. Let's take Eddie, for example. Mm -hmm. He mentioned that he's from Reno. Reno is in what county in Nevada? Washoe. 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 Yeah. Washoe. Washoe County, Nevada. And he's now also living in Los Angeles, which is Los Angeles County, Nevada. Those are two separate counties. California. Ca California, thank you. <laughs> Those are two separate counties in two separate states, Gianna. Um, and since I knew you were from Reno, that's like a previous address I have for you. I know that I'm going to search your criminal and civil records in Reno mm -hmm. and find all that information. Okay, if you told okay. me you were from Ohio, I would know that I'd have to search records in Ohio to find any information on you there. So that's what an address provides you is like a locale to search and dig deeper. Mm -hmm. And you can even do like a Google search of Eddie and make it specific to oh, Reno, sorry. Nevada. And that's a whole other search in itself, and it pulls out everything you've done mm -hmm. in Nevada. Mm -hmm. So I guess the benefit with addresses my, are very important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the other interesting thing about about me when you try to search me <laughs> <laughs> is I'm the fifth. We don't have to. I'm, yeah. I'm, so it's kind of like it's all mm -hmm. tricky with the four, three, two, one. Can you? I don't know if you've talked about this before, but can you? Like, who is four, three, two, one? <laughs> Who are this? Like your dad, grandpa? Yeah, so my dad's number four, my grandpa's Gosh, number three. I love that you're the fifth. And I'm the fifth, yeah. Do you know number two? Have you met number two? Yeah, he's still, he's still around. Still around? Yeah. Have you met number one? No, he's, that no, that would, that would be too far. That would be really, really far. Yeah, no, number, number junior is still, still oh. kicking around in Albuquerque. So if you want to look love up it. my history Got it. there. Junior in Albuquerque, <laughs> noted um, for later. Yeah, we have, it's kind of cool. There, there's been some family reunions where you have the four of the five Eddies that I are that. existing together. So that's cool. But, um. That's nice. I had one other thought. Yeah. And I forgot what it was because it distracted me with the Eddie thing. I love I'm talking so sorry. about the fifth. That but, is really cool. Like, you have so much family background there. Yeah. Yes. Who's the best Eddie? Well, 
The youngest is always the best. Oh, okay. It's a hot take, Eddie. I don't know. Take, no, I don't know. We're all we're all know. twins. We're all twins, just different in different ages. That's but, nice. um I okay, you were talking about Man, I'm gonna I'm, I can say one more thing too about the actresses. Sure, well, so I try to remember, yeah. Yeah. Try to get that thought back. One more cool thing is like Well, I remember now. Okay. <laughs> Go. I'll say it really quick. When you, like, Google someone's name and addresses come up from, you know, strange databases you find on Google, um, all that information could be removed, and, like, we have a removal site for that. So yeah. a lot of, like, millionaires and billionaires will come to us saying, research everything you can on me and delete it all. And then you delete everyone's address history. Does it, does it take that much it. money? Oh, yeah, so it's a, a lot of to money to okay. do that. But um, it's beneficial to yeah. people who own large, expensive properties and have a lot of assets and don't want that stuff being touched. Yeah. So there's a way to remove it, but it takes a long, expensive time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I guess, all right, is the only experience I have with mm-hmm. dealing with people's information yeah. was when I was in Reno still transitioning okay. into uh, the freelance life. Okay. I was doing a part-time job at a collection agency. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I got to, you know, handle people's socials and previous addresses and be like, all right, hey, uh, I got to be on the phone and be like, because it was always a weird procedures on like verifying I was talking to the right person first. Yeah. And be like, hey, like you owe money on your direct TV bill. This is how much. And like, I never had direct TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, uh, are you, what's, what, what address do you live at? Or mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to tell you that. And I'm like, all right, I'll tell you what I have here. Like, is mm-hmm. this a street? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I live at that a street. I'm like, all right, well, that's the street that I'm showing. The from these dates, belt. from these dates, and then like I never had direct TV. Oh. <laughs> so, Sir, just pay the bill. So I'm like, so it's kind of interesting, even even when you do have it, how the lengths people will go to say they don't, either they don't live there or yeah. I don't know all that kind of stuff. So that's that's the experience yeah. I have with dealing with previous addresses and. Because we have to, like, know where to mail the letters to and all that kind of stuff because yeah. it's like, we have 10 addresses for you here. And I'm like, I don't know where these addresses came from, but... Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I assume that whatever generator you had for those addresses, a lot of times it takes them at least a few months to update. Mm-hmm. So if someone mm-hmm. moved from mm-hmm. an address, it's going to take a few months for that address to put an end date. And then it'll take a few more months for the new address to pop up. So we've had that those situations, too. Yeah. Similar to that. Yeah. Fun work, huh? Fun work. <laughs> it stresses me out. I'm all stressed over here now. Don't be stressed. It's okay. Like I said, so, Eddie's a really good guy. No criminal. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not... No, no. I'm not stressed about myself because I know there's nothing to hide. <laughs> But uh, it's just interesting that those tools are out there yeah. and uh, that there's ways around them and that mm-hmm. there's ways to work within them. And yeah. I guess the moral of the story to me that I'm getting from it is just if you're just a perfect person, 
You'll be okay. <laughs> You'll be okay. Everything. <laughs> just don't be a bad person. Just period. Yeah, just social media handle it perfectly. Yeah. Understand where society is going and mm -hmm. know how to handle the future before it happens. Like it's all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. very. It's a lot. Yeah. Just like be aware of what you post and <laughs> see. But I also say I'm I'm not the best investigator because I have a TikTok. And TikTok's under some heat, mm -hmm. or has been under mm -hmm. some heat, but I just really like it. It's so fun. Have you ever? I I'm not TikToks? a big fan of TikTok at all. Eddie. I okay, cause it it's just okay. <laughs> Eddie's. I'm not, Eddie's I, I'm not a point fan. Of view. I'm not a uh -huh. fan of the TikTok humor. Okay. That it encourages on the platform. It reminds wow. me of Vine, um, yeah. which I was I. Didn't I never watched any vines? Uh, never really got into it. But um, okay. regardless, I'm not a fan of the. the I don't know. Yep. It's like the short form, quick, super quick, snappy, loud, loud kind of humor. Mm -hmm. It's not my humor. Okay, I get that. I get that. If you guys check out my TikTok <laughs> on the other hand, so, but check I out am the extremely loud humor that Eddie is talking about. I watched. Um, I watched your. I think you posted one on to your Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I watched that one. Loud and, humor. Yeah, yeah. It's a, there's, Italian. As, as, let's say, as a director, I was able to watch elements. Like, I can, I can pull elements of, of, of who one is and what one brings through what they, cre they create. So I take that okay. from it. But, uh... It's an interesting... <laughs> it's an interesting... Um, I watch it differently. Yeah, I like that. And that's like so strange because I almost like don't associate my TikToks with like how I act as an actor. And it's yeah, different. it's so different because you don't like act on TikTok. Like you don't, I don't know. It's it so different. It is acting. And it is, but in like it's such a different way. Like I'm almost reenacting stories. And this is on my personal account. Like, I'm reenacting stories of my family, mm -hmm. and that's where I get a lot of my inspirations from. So I, I dress up, and I have fun with it. That's yeah. for sure. So do you have, I don't know how TikTok works, but do you have a, a handle that you can plug right now while people are interested? Same handle as my Instagram, just at Gianna Carly. Carly with an I. With an I. All right, mm -hmm. cool. Which is Italian. I know we, we previously discussed that some people are confused that the name Carly is like my middle name because mm. it sounds like an average girl's it, first name even. A lot of people on social media mm -hmm. will think they're hiding by... Which they have. <laughs> That's such a funny joke. By... By either like the shortening name. the last name or putting a different name there, yeah. and, and I'm like, why are you doing that? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. But I'm but, glad to hear it doesn't work because it makes me feel good. Yeah, no, Addie, you're you're good. Do not worry. <laughs> I know I'm not hiding my name. My full name's up. I, yep. As a, life is easy as a dude though too. Like I don't have to worry about as many things. So yeah, that's what I kind of credit it to. It's, that's how I put it is like I could see nobody's that. looking mm -hmm. for me I don't know that Kevin if you're out there you should look for him don't look for me we're encouraging that too much on this episode. okay sorry transition so um, TikTok how early on did you 
how recent did you jump into that? Because you, you want to talk about your trans transition into the acting yeah. world mm -hmm. that you stumbled into. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get into that. How do kids get into it? Um, so TikTok is a is a recent thing for me. Sure. It was um, during. Sure. COVID kind of I that I got that. Talk, I thought you were going to talk about the history of TikTok for a second. Oh, so absolutely. started back then. <laughs> um, no, I do not know the full history of TikTok. I'm sorry. I'm not an expert in that field. But I did start my account while I think like many people, especially in like my age range, started TikTok was during like last month. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like downloaded the app in March and was, you know, scrolling. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can make so much better content than all mm -hmm. these. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up posting on my own. But prior to that, how I kind of got into acting itself was I went to a show, a Second City show in Chicago with my roommate at the time. She was like, Gianna, my sister's friend is going to be in a show. Let's go. And mm -hmm. Support. Yeah. So sure. So I went with her to the show, and you know we had a couple drinks, having a good time, just and pivotal information. Just you know, <laughs> little details for the story. And then I get up and I'm waiting in line for the bathroom, and a man walks out of the room next to us and says, "Hi, are you a?" so-and-so here for the audition. Wait, did you say he walks out of the bathroom? Wa walks out of a room, okay. a room next to us, <laughs> not the bathroom. And um, I respond and I say, no, I'm just waiting in line for the bathroom. But, um, you know, I kind of peeped into the room he came from and I offered to read any lines if he needed an extra voice and he said, sure. So I went into the audition room I read for someone else's line, and so I would read through, and I got the role. So, Congrats. Thank you. Oh, thank so, you. Oh, thank so you. just to clarify on reading, actually, one, one quick thing. I was yeah. going to move your sweater mic. off the mic. Yeah, just thank in you. case. But um, I was, all right, so when you thank were you saying for reading for a character, I initially thought you were talking about um, no, that one's fine. I would just, all right. Okay. Thank you. I was initially thinking, you were like, hey, if you need somebody to read opposite people who are auditioning. That was what I did. Yeah. Okay. I read opposite and then you, someone. And then you, so you read opposite someone as they were on camera, and then you got the role from that table. Correct. Okay. Cool. Yes. Because then... I was also thinking, oh, no, she's not talking about that. She meant meant reading for a part. Ah. Uh, versus, so the read, the, yeah. Just to clarify, you yeah. went in to read opposite somebody who was auditioning. They liked the way you read. Yeah. And then, like, this is the one. Mm -hmm. Sweet. So, like, I was basically just a reader, but. That's good. Not knowing that, I just went full out and was like, how oh, come? I don't oh. even remember the scene itself, but, like. Yeah. Because I, I feel like that's a, I'm horrible at the, like the cold read scenario where you're just reading off a sheet. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to imagine myself in the same position where, because I have to read on occasion on, on set just to get a, get a director. As a script supervisor, I have the, I'm the guy with the script. So yeah. I'm like, 
Actually, the character says this. I have to like kind of read it for the actor, read it for the director to get everybody on the same page. Sure. And I feel like I butcher it every time. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I actively avoid adding animation to my read just because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want the actor to feel like I'm trying to play <laughs> off you. Yeah, of course. But yeah. I understand that like your yeah, confusion yeah. and almost like overwhelming feeling because. You have another job outside of that. Like your your head is probably at so many different spaces about the production that day. Mm -hmm. They're just like trying to get the lines out, but you're like you're still thinking of other things. So yeah. that makes sense. When you're in an audition, though, it's like everything is focused mm -hmm. on the lines no, and the sure. performance. And even then, I can't read it right. So <laughs> that's yeah. It's all right. I'm, that's why he's in directing everyone. That's why. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Makes sense. <laughs> Love that. Love that. So, yeah. So, my first show was at Second City in Chicago. And that's how I met a lot of people mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. was like, whoa, this is really, really how fun. Long, how long did the show go? What was the process with that? And yep. Yeah. So, we had rehearsals from April through June and then a full month of shows in July. So, it was probably like a four-month process yeah, yeah. total. And yeah. then how much how much rehearsal time is that? We rehearsed two to three times a week. Um, and it wasn't sketch comedy. It was just a full comedy show. Mm -hmm. um, and rehearsals lasted about two to three hours each time, totally depended on the day. Mm -hmm. And obviously you were called if, if your character was in the scenes. So, so how was, how I, was, oh, sorry, no, forward. no, no, I just thought of a very quick story. Sure. So to kind of um, give my whole thought process of when I first started acting, this very first show, I'm like so excited I got this role. I've never acted in my entire life. And I go to my first rehearsal and I know nothing mind you, and everyone is there, and the director says, okay, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to block Gianna's scenes. And I was like, why? What did I do wrong? Why are you blocking my oh. scenes out of the script? <laughs> and everyone laughed and was like, oh, mm -hmm. my God, mm -hmm. she's really new at this. I slowly learned that. Mm -hmm. That meaning is different than what I had thought. So what, what does blocking mean for those at home? Yeah, so blocking is basically, in simple terms, just like where you stand and what the movements are of each scene. Mm -hmm. So you start off at your one spot, and you start off on the left-hand corner of the room, and then you slowly work your way to the right and to the back. That's an mm -hmm. example of mm -hmm. Blocking the movement of yeah, the, the scene. Yeah, the movement of the scene. Yeah. Or, yeah, first position, yeah. second mark. Yeah, so not like, let's take your whole, <laughs> whole scene out, yeah, of, no. out of the, yeah. the show. It's adorable. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, no, it's, it's an interesting thing because you, I'm sure you've probably experienced this before, but like, it's, there are moments when people just directors don't know what blocking means. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have, because, okay. 
as a script supervisor, I get to work with directors a yeah, lot and yeah. a lot of first-time directors. Yeah. And I talked about this on a previous episode with uh, with Avid, but um, directing is kind of like a it's a thing you don't really know. You don't really necessarily know how much you don't know, and it's a weird position to be in because mm-hmm. you have to understand like almost everybody's position around you and how to communicate with them and yeah. what's going on and. The AD is pushing for time, so it's mm-hmm. like, yo, director, let's block this scene so that everybody can light it. Yeah. And, and then the director's like, all right, let's get in there, and let's like start directing everybody. It's like talking to motion with you, and all right, so we're going to start over here, and like here's your emotional state, and then explaining mm-hmm. everything. It's like, no, 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 no. Stop what you're doing. We just need to know where they start, yep. where they're going to stand, yep. so we can just move on. But right. it's kind of difficult to interrupt you don't want to interrupt a director, director. and turn at everybody and be like, right. this is not blocking everybody. <laughs> We're kind of... So can we actually do the blocking? <laughs> and, then the, and then the actor's like, oh, this is just a blocking. And then the director's talking to you the whole time about emotion. It's like, no, I get I get the emotion. Or like, we'll talk about that. Whatever. Like, you know mm-hmm. where you're at. Yeah. So blocking is actually, that's a good thing to bring up is uh, it's the simplicity of just literally where they have to light the scene yep. in, in film specifically. I don't right. know how it's probably similar in yeah, like what that was. Definitely but. similar in a show. I mean, the blocking is important for the lighting at you know, at mm-hmm. wherever the lighting is on stage, off stage. And is should be, I think, like one of the first things you talk about before you film the scene is what is the movement of this? What yeah. are we trying to achieve? And where's the frame? And yeah, all that yeah. is very important. Because uh, we talked about this a little bit before, but like you mentioned you didn't go to school for acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't go to any sort of film school either. Yeah. Um, but there is, uh, there are elements that are universal that you kind of learn like, I, I, it's, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going yeah. with this. But, like, I think about... It has nothing to do with your acting career. <laughs> but, but just to vent about the blocking thing, mm-hmm. um, the process with setting up for a scene mm-hmm. is you block it, Yep. ideally. You, have the, you get the actors in there to just show them, all right, here's a space. Here's kind of the vibe I'm feeling. This is where I think it's going to play out, and then we'll kind of play with it from there. Yeah. Everybody kind of comes around in a COVID-safe way to observe <laughs> to observe that little movement. Mm-hmm. And then actors go away, lighting and the grips and the gaffers handle the set yep. and light for what they just saw. Right. While the director and the AD and the script supervisor all talk about like, all right, well, how are we shooting Logistics, this? exactly. And what are all the angles? And then you go in when it's lit and then you probably do like a rehearsal yep. maybe a camera rehearsal if there's movement with the camera and then you shoot it yeah but that's how it should be. <laughs> this is the correct way the like book description of how uh, how it's done so the thing that that gets people a little bit scared mm-hmm. initially especially when they're they're newer in the director chair or or otherwise is uh, the amount of time that process takes that you're yeah. not shooting. Yeah. So then directors will be like, they'll they'll insist on just showing 
the DP, like this is what I imagine. This is they'll go here, they'll go here, they'll go here. Right. And just light for that. <laughs> and then the actors come in, they have whole other ideas, and then we have to relight everything, and then it's mm-hmm. just kind of crazy. And then you shoot the rehearsal as the actors have never never even rehearsed it yet, mm-hmm. and then you're shooting the rehearsal before you've blocked it, and it's kind of a messy situation. Yeah. So you save time. By doing it the right way, not to not to talk down on my filmmaker friends, but no, hopefully you, hopefully they agree with me. Yeah, I agree with how that's done, but I'm obviously like an actor perspective, and it's interesting to hear mm-hmm. your perspective as a script supervisor, but also as a director, because I feel like the script supervising process has given you like the detail oriented mindset that mm-hmm. you need to have as a director mm-hmm. that maybe some directors kind of lack because they're so on to the creative side, but at least you have, um, you're aware of time and you're aware of how things should be done and efficiently, I guess. So it's really cool that you have both, both sides of that. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I'm, it's, that's, I mean, that's kind of why it's encouraged for directors to get experience Mm -hmm. in other positions. So they, I mean, it's a, it's a tough ask because yeah. directors don't want to AD a project and mm-hmm. directors don't want to script supervise uh, more, most commonly. It's like, no, I want to handle the creative and play with the actors and all that stuff. But, yeah. yeah. And it's like a good point, too, to bring up. Like, we've kind of discussed difficult experiences we've had, things that we've learned from mm-hmm. sets, and... <laughs> It's so true, like every single set I've worked on Mm -hmm. has been different in how they set up, how Mm -hmm. long it takes, and Mm -hmm. like some, you know, directors or just crews that are new in general, like I remember when I first started acting, I did a lot of student films, and those like you can expect are going to take a a little more time for them to get set up, and can maybe even be a little more a lot of more tension or pressure on mm-hmm, set because mm-hmm. they're trying to do it perfect for their class and whatnot. But it's cool to kind of take that in and be like, this is a good experience for me to know that sometimes it takes a little extra time and you just have to wait yeah. and, and just yeah, be ready so, to so when you're called. Let's talk about those early experiences of mm-hmm. yours because... You mentioned Second City. That show was a stage performance. Yes. Versus, I don't know what your first on-screen performance was like and how, again, there's probably new lingo you're dealing with and new mm-hmm. new procedures you're going through that yeah. are different from what you just came from. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> what's going on? Or, wait, I know what that is. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure it could go both ways. And, uh, yeah, what... Do you have any specific stories from the early sets? Yeah, so the first film TV production I did was student, student based and was a web series. Mm -hmm. Um, Student web series. Student web series. Okay. There were five episodes, so it was pretty long actually, but for any new actors, and I'm sure this is kind of already kind of common knowledge. Student films are the best to work on for when you're first starting out because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's definitely, like, less pressure on the actor in those environments. And 
since everything takes more time, it's really nice for you to like observe what's going on and take it all in because it's a lot to process, you know, like there's a lot of people on the crew and like what do all these people do? Um, and kind of how should an actor act um, on camera and off camera mm. in these situations? I mean, you have to be professional at all times, even though you're working with sometimes 19, mm. 20 year olds. Like, it's a cool environment to be on. And what I loved the most of that was I remember this one specific. Um, just like interaction in general. The director I worked with was actually really, really good. And you could tell he was super passionate about directing mm -hmm. and wanting to do film forever. Um, but he knew that I was a newer actor. And he was like, I love this challenge. Like, this is great. I'm really going to work with you. And we'll, we'll make this web series awesome together. So it was less pressure on me because I felt like he was really mm -hmm. helping me along the way and giving me that attention and that's what newer actors I think need or can benefit from mm -hmm. so that as I continued to do some of those student films I was ready for more independent film and commercials and mm -hmm. whatnot which mm -hmm. commercials are very separate from everything else but at least like it teaches you profession professionalism and and the basics of filming a production so yeah they're really <laughs> cool like first experiences and student films are, are great too yeah no I, I agree 100% um, I okay like one thing I think about when I observe actors in those situations mm -hmm. is uh, it's always a mixed bag on and you mentioned attention to the actor uh, because yeah. it, it does depend, I mean, that's the fun part about directing, too, is you have to be, like, specific on how you communicate mm -hmm. with each actor. Because yep. everybody has their own process, and some people work better in different different scenarios. And it is interesting to see how, how directors handle how much, like, this director sounded like they handled that experience well. Well, mm -hmm. Where it's like, all right, sweet, I'm... Because you mentioned it was a student project, yeah. so probably like, hey, I'm I'm new at this, but I'm stoked about this. Yeah, and I know that you're I'm new at, you're this, new also. at this, so let's at least let's acknowledge that and mm -hmm. go from there. And yeah. I yeah, I see you, <laughs> like, yeah. that, that, like that kind of thing. Um, because and then as you kind of mentioned, like as you go, sometimes sometimes you don't need as much attention. Mm -hmm. But you still, there are moments when you still need to be seen. A hundred percent, yeah. At some point where it's like, wait, we're about to shoot and you haven't told me what we're doing yet. Mm -hmm. Do you not know that? I'm like waving or at like, you over here. <laughs> just give me some kind of sign. Yeah, so obviously as you, you know, you learn from those first few projects that you do, you maybe need a little less hand-holding from the director, which is definitely what you will witness um, in most cases because you're on an independent film and their director expects more from you, um, you know, in terms of your experiences and knows that you can do sure. it. But you still definitely need some sort of, like, appreciation or 
And I think that's something that actors kind of have like a a need for always is like I want to be seen, like you said, I want to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we kind of mentioned like the difficulties working with on certain sets and with people and different people at that, that it's difficult to get that appreciation you seek sometimes. Um, but yeah, just like kind of the, the minimal like, director, tell me how to do this. Is that good? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's just. It's minimum just, is like what you could ask for, but also like. Because I'm sure, and that's the weird thing about, about production too, mm-hmm. is um, sometimes you'll, I could imagine, I don't know if you've had this, is this, this experience, but uh, having the reverse handhold almost where mm-hmm. you're comfortable and the director is kind of fumbling around. You're like, no, 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 like, we got this. This is where I'm going to come from. Uh-huh. And then they're like, and you have to almost give them confidence that yeah. they're doing a good job. Yeah. Because maybe in their mind everything is crumbling because they lost the location that they're not going to shoot tomorrow. Like, directors have so much going on in their head that they yeah. might not even be in the moment on the scene you're about to do. And then, I don't know if you've had I have. Like that. Um... So I actually did a feature-length film, and, you know, we shot over multiple weeks. Mm -hmm. So I knew the director well, and he was actually very, very good. But he did have one or two days where he was just, like, you could tell overwhelmed and just not all there and where he had to be. And I'm lucky enough that I had already been working on the film and, like, knew Mm -hmm. what he was looking for and, like, what he wanted out of it. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll come in here. I'll, I'll do this. Is that, is that okay? And where he was just like, yeah, yeah, good idea. Yeah, let's do it like that. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of like a little bit more yeah, where yeah. I had to, to pick that up. And I think I'm lucky in a sense that um, I already knew his vision beforehand. I had already worked with him. And I was already like deep into my character that there wasn't a ton more I needed from him. But... Mm-hmm. I definitely like had more control those couple days where I, he was just a little off. Yeah, no, it sounds like a good situation to me. Yeah, where, I mean that's that's in a in a way that's kind of where I I like to have my actors living anyway is like the open communication of yeah of you I, I almost lose a little bit of confidence in actors that I'm working with if they don't already have an idea they're bringing to the table mm-hmm. in a way. Interesting, um, yeah. Because I I like to be not super open and flowy, but like I have what I want, but then yeah. I also want to know what you have and you want. Because I mean, that's why, that's why I cast you in the first place because yeah. I like what you bring to the table. And if I'm just telling you what to do, like I can have anybody there. Like right. I, I need somebody that, just gonna give me their stuff. Yeah. Be creative. Yeah. <laughs> Be creative. Make something cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but I get that. And I appreciate that you, as a director, kind of have that expectation, if you will, um, of like, I expect my actors to want to be here and want to have mm-hmm. been thinking about this before they even come mm-hmm. inside my room whatever um so I've worked with 
a lot of directors, majority of them, who like that mm -hmm. collaborative mm -hmm. communication. And then I've worked with one mm. where I've had none. And that was like really difficult for me because I feel like I've had a lot of freedom in mm. the work I've done. Um, and it was just all like, you are doing this, you are doing it this way. Like your facial expression has to be like this, like very, she had an image in her head of what she wanted and like there was no, mm -hmm. no soft spots around that and you had to do it. So that was difficult for me, but I liked the challenge that like, I really had to get what she wanted and make sure I still brought my, my vision of the character to it, but tried to give what she wanted yeah, to. Yeah. So it was difficult and took a little more time on my end, but it was a cool experience and like you're gonna work with different sure. people all the time. So I, I'm I, sure this won't be the last time I witnessed something like that. It sounds like the proper mindset of the of the taking on the challenge of this mm -hmm. director's way of communicating. Yeah. However, I like to I like to in my mind, I'm like, okay, this process will will work if like I try to imagine if my actors if I if if this actor swapped you out for like um who like I'll say Natalie Portman or something you know and God, it's like and, then, and yeah then, <laughs> much better than Natalie Portman clearly and then 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 that director is trying to do the same thing and if that huh. direction would work on Natalie Portman or if Natalie Portman would be like huh. yo what are you doing <laughs> yeah it's like uh -huh. like that's Maybe, they, I don't know. I don't know what those other actors would do in those situations. I feel like it wouldn't go too well. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I was going to say, I joke I with, with, um, with friends on occasion too, where I'll, I'll be like, I'll imagine myself uh, casting, let's say like a, like a Will Smith in a thing, and it'll be like, all right, this is the one day with Will Smith. Like we're shooting a short with Will Smith today, mm -hmm. and then I'll be like, as a director, I'll I'll walk up after a take, and I'll be like, "Do you have any notes for yourself?" <laughs> All right, you're good. All right, cool. <laughs> like, where it's I'm like I'm not gonna tell you anything because you've uh -huh. been doing this. You know what you're doing. Like you should. <laughs> I don't have notes for you. Should, do you have should, any for you yourself? Do, okay. Do that again. <laughs> okay, now you're good. Cool. That was great for me. <laughs> because. That's so funny. <sighs> but I mean, ideally, in in. In reality, mm -hmm. I dream that those scenarios would still be a back and forth on. Um, they're human too, and mm -hmm. the, I'm sure if they're confident in, the, in their director, the open communication and the back and forth discussions will uh, will be appreciated. Will be there, of course. But still, I still imagine those where I'm just like. Okay, so <laughs> I, you good? I'm good. Good. <laughs> Great. All right, move on. Uh. <laughs> That's too funny. But, um, okay. So, those, all right. Acting. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, I'd like to get more of, like, behind the scenes, like, one side of it, business-oriented, kind of like we talked about. Mm. Either pre-production or post-production distribution. Mm. That's an all in an interesting space for me, but... I've like read up and known a little bit on 
the production side of things, like directing and this past feature that I wrapped in Chicago before I came here, um, we filmed during COVID. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot about lighting, makeup, <laughs> um, wardrobe, uh, kind of like the nitty gritty things that I haven't known before. Like mm -hmm. I even learned some things about sound from our sound guy on set, but we had such a small crew mm -hmm where that was very accessible to me, and I really enjoyed having the open conversation about those things on a set where most times you don't because yeah. there's so much other work to get done on sets and, and there's usually a ton of people on there that you can't really just sit and chat and say, hey, yeah, sound yeah. guy, what do you do? Do you need help with anything? Sure, like that, that doesn't happen. So I'd like to learn more about I know I need to find like a specific area, like you said, because it's really overwhelming yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> trying to learn everything. But directing's interesting to me and basics on on sound and lighting and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which even like helps me too if I ever wanted to make my own actual short, like I know how to set up lighting. I know basics on sound now. That's cool to at least have for me. So I'll be learning, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, it sounds, I mean, I'm sure for you, it'll just, it'll be similar to how you, how you moved out here too, where it's like, yeah. it's like, oh wait, there's an opportunity with so-and-so to get experience in this space. All right, mm -hmm. sweet, I'll check that off my list. Right. That sounds cool. And then see what happens from there. Yeah. But, um, Do you, and we don't have to discuss this too much, but. Sure. Do you have any courses or classes you recommend on filmmaking in general here? That's such a broad question. <laughs> but like any, any advice sure. to elementary learning of all things filmmaking? Advice to elementary filmmaking. Yeah. The answer to your first question on classes mm -hmm. is no. Okay. Because... I taught a class in Reno, oh, which yeah, I feel is a, it's it's a very Reno thing to do. Okay, because <laughs> there's no there's no film schools or anything. Right. I mean, what? All right. <laughs> so I taught. Uh, basically, what you're asking about is a, I think it was an eight week course on short film production specifically, oh, it. Uh -huh. and it was awesome. I yeah. did it twice. No, three times. Did it once for preteens. Awesome. And that was like a, a shortened, kind of uh, more condensed version. Um, but it sounds kind of like what you're what you're looking for is like a little bit of a crash course in handing. Like what I would do is I would hand off the reins. It's kind, it's kind of okay. It's a weird position because I hate the idea of. It feels weird to have people pay for me to put them to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> it's like. Wait, okay, but you're they're paying for the experience of the guidance and the safe yes. space and the and the the permission to fail and like all that kind of stuff is like yeah. like that's acceptable in that yeah space. So yeah. it's similar to the student film whole thing. It's mm -hmm. like just which that is most likely volunteer based or minimum minimal pay if any. Yeah. Um, which is similar, but at least you're not paying for the experience. Right. Ideally, unless right. they make you buy your own costume or who knows. Yeah, which is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. um, 
for me, because that's that's my expertise, mm-hmm. which I am cool with, is um, producing off of zero budget, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and just, just man, just making stuff and experimenting and growing, which is no. I was just gonna say that's awesome that you do that, <laughs> and I so admire that because it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I just shot. I directed this short this last weekend that I, mm-hmm. that I gave you a heads up on. Yep. That has a PI in there. Yeah. Um, came out really good. I, I can want to see it. I, I can maybe get it. I don't know. It's it's too early to sneak peek. We'll see. Okay. All right. Um, maybe next week. <laughs> but, uh, all right. My advice for just making stuff, mm-hmm. making cool stuff, because mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do, is... Just do it. (laughs) Eddie, this advice, come on, be creative, make something cool, just do it. Just do it. Um, Yeah. I I think about... uh, Yeah. Okay, so here's what you need. And Mm -hmm. this is why I'm able to do what I do, is I I think I told you, like, or whatever. I, this last product, I'm nearing a hundred projects that I produced myself. I'm getting close to the century mark on it. So, and even yet on this last one, I was getting nervous getting up to the production. I'm like, this is an easy one day for fun shit. Yeah, why am I nervous? I've done this so many times. But like, I had never worked with those actors before and I didn't want to let them down. Mm -hmm. And like, they were, they were awesome. And I, um, I didn't have any fear in them not showing up or them not providing on the day. Yeah. It was more just like. I hate having to do the stuff that I don't have confidence in. Mm-hmm. So there's so many elements when you're doing it yourself that even when you're confident in most of them, there's still something. Yeah. Like for me, it's it's costumes. Okay. And hair makeup. I so, know that too well now. <laughs> so sometimes production design too. I'm like, okay. I'm like, we'll just shoot with a location. Like, yeah. We'll maybe tweak a thing, whatever. But um, so... Through my experience of, uh, of the Reno Film Collective that mm-hmm. was that that I made all the shorts through, uh, I was able to early on. I had to do everything early on to just get stuff to get stuff going. Like I would act. Yeah. I would write. Like my girlfriend at the time, she would handle the camera. Uh, I think I would even. I don't know how I did sound. Maybe there was like a sound. I don't know how I did sound. Yeah, I think I borrowed a boom mic from somebody and had okay. somebody that didn't know how to use a boom mic holding a boom mic. Um, yeah, write, direct, act. Girlfriend would shoot. Uh, and then I would edit it and then just put it out there. Yeah. And then I'd watch it and I'd be like, that was fun. And it was very, it feels very good to get stuff done and follow through with, with what you say you're going to do. And then as that goes, you're like, okay, sweet. I will maybe show somebody who has more experience than me, mm-hmm. which in Reno is hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> even, even then, I was like, it's hard to get people to just like collaborate and Watch, talk and, yeah. and, and see, the, see the stuff. And then somebody would point out like the 180 rule to me. Like I didn't know what the 180 rule was yeah. early on. I'm like, this shot looks weird. This cut looks weird. And I don't know why. And somebody you would be can't like, go 180. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like you jumped the line on that. I'm like, oh, wait, what? What is that? Like, what's that? 
So, um, just do it. Yeah. But 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 you have to know either people that know how to do stuff. Yeah. Like the edit. Yeah. Or I'm always a fan of getting experience on the editing side, regardless. That way, that's that's the part where people get tripped up mm-hmm. the most. Is even after you've shot the thing, more often than not, for whatever reason, it never gets finished. Yeah. And out there. Because it takes a long time to edit, and it takes patience, and it it depending on what you're asking for, mm-hmm. it. Like, I, I specifically write stuff that doesn't need, oh, like, wow. I don't need VFX. I don't need, I don't, I don't put a lot of weight onto, uh, on the little stuff that, like, you're talking about. So I don't put a lot of weight on, like, sound design or, okay. I'm just like, all right, as long as the sound levels are good and you can tell what's going on and maybe I'll throw in a little sound effect here, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't put too much. Okay. I don't, I don't marry myself to my, to my little project. It's like. I don't know. So don't 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 get too attached. Yeah. And just get it out there because if you can control the edit and you can edit it yourself and then mm-hmm. maybe hand it off to somebody to make it look better on the color side, or have somebody sound mix it, then that's cool. But even then, sometimes I don't use a sound mixer and I'm just like, it's good enough. Yeah, yeah it'll do. People can hear it, so it's people great. can hear it, and it's only three minutes long, and yeah. it's fun regardless. So. I don't know. Just do it. And that's like what my group of acting friends in Chicago, Mm. our mindset was my friends had the camera, the lighting, they had all that. So it was fun to collab with them Mm -hmm. because we would just get together and Mm -hmm. kind of took some of our, I worked with them on sketch comedy shows too. So we took some of our sketches and made them into short films. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved that. And that was definitely a time where, like we said, safe spaces. I could mm-hmm. ask them questions because they knew mm-hmm. a little bit more than I did. And I'd like to create more on my own, too, while I'm mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So. No, aside of the TikTok space is what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, aside of TikTok. <laughs> TikTok's just like, okay, Sunday morning, I'm bored. I'm just going it, to... It's a similar thing, though. It's a similar yeah. process. Yeah, uh-huh, it's just definitely. It's instead of... I don't know how you should TikTok. But I imagine... Depends on the talk is, is it a I'm vertical, taking. Is it a vertical camera you set up for yourself? Yeah, which is weird because that's different from everything else. You yeah, the only really, difference yeah. is you just turn it like this. Right, right, but it, it's like it would be nice to possibly use some of those TikToks elsewhere, but they're all vertical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. TikTok real. TikTok real. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> um... So I hope that kind of answers. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, no, that, that does help. It's just like, do it. Like, you want to do something, do it. Try it. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes. You'll learn from them. Get something out there. It feels good. Yeah, because the things, the things to keep in mind, because, like, I had these, like, $70 little little softbox lights that okay. I had from, the, like, my early beginning days. And I'm like, I just need right. lights. I don't even know what to buy, but this yeah. is cheap. I had those all the way through my feature film okay. that we used on my feature. Wow. So uh, I recently tossed them because yeah. in the move, I'm like, this okay, is... Okay, so this is... They've, they've these done. have <laughs> given me what tiny did in my past. They've done. They did great work for me. Yeah. Um, but, like, there are ways... I don't know. DPs would probably get upset with me saying this, but, okay. like, 
on this last short that we shot uh, that isn't out, it'll probably be out by the time this drops. It's called the, the Oak Milk. Okay. Oak Milk. Oh yeah, you short. told me about this. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm really excited. That one see, has yeah. three scenes shot exterior. Okay. Which is hard to control light exterior anyway. Of course. So as long as you keep the scene short, you can still play with getting lots of coverage and different angles in there. And yeah. as long as you shoot it before the lighting changes, mm -hmm. you don't have to like light anything as long as the lighting itself looks good if you're in the shade under a bunch of trees. Yeah. Or that's probably like the best case scenario. You want the shade. You don't want the yep. harsh light. And um, you don't want to be dealing with the setting sun because you just lose. It changes so quick. Uh, but there's plenty, I mean, we can always talk about more on specificity in there. Sure. But, um, I really want to see Oak Milk. <laughs> I'm excited to see how it, how it turned out. Boy. I'm sure it's awesome. That's great. Of course. I directed it. <laughs> Obviously. Um, it's going to be good. So you mentioned um, wanting to kind of jump back to some previous topics potentially that you had some thoughts that drifted away because we moved forward but was there anything that came to mind before uh, we try something else yeah well one thing I wanted and this is just another more long-term goal for me is to incorporate some mm. of my languages possibly or even kind of cultural experiences in my family mm. into film mm -hmm. so I come from a really big Italian family pretty loud, and um, majority of them are from Italy, so moved to America either when they were young or more recently, later in life. And I guess one thing I wanted to talk about is just experience of like traveling to Italy and seeing what it's like there, yeah. but also if you knew of anything like in the international film space that you wanted to talk about or discuss anymore, mm -hmm. or any advice you've, you'd have for kind of getting more into an international film space too at some point? I know, the pretty hefty questions, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm asking you, <laughs> but I, I just like to discuss about international film in general too. All right, so let's start with your first thing. Mm -hmm. you talk, uh, did, you, did you want to talk about your upbringing with, it, yeah. with being Italian? And, and, and All right, so you are very, what's the word? Um, t uh, there's a lot of, okay, so you went to Italy uh -huh. <laughs> for the first time at what age? So or my no? grandparents um, grew up in the small town in Sicily. This is on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. And they've always had a house there my whole life. Your so grandparents had Yeah, mm -hmm. so growing up, um, my family would visit their houses, and my mom's one of six, so all of our cousins would go at the same time, and it'd be just kind of like a big family summer. So, so it would be pretty frequent. Yeah, yeah. Like a yearly kind of thing, or even. Yeah, right, usually sweet. yearly, um, except for this year, sadly, COVID. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess I guess I was like, oh, you, you grew up with a lot of the, the heritage in the States and then later on went and experienced Italy, but you've kind of had it throughout. Yeah. Cool. And I that's think that's nice. like what influences, obviously a lot of my TikToks we've talked about, but like even so like influences 
who you, who you who are. I am, totally, exactly. So, and I definitely do have like a big personality and mm-hmm. <laughs> I can be a loud talker. Um, and I feel like all those things are kind of rooted yeah. back to my I, heritage. I feel, not to, not to make this sound like a negative thing, yeah. but I get jealous of people like you. <laughs> Eddie, come on, man. You're fantastic, okay? (laughs) Because I'll just say, like, I think it's awesome. Like, I, like, that's the weird thing about about life, too, is everybody has different paths and different situations that they're they're born into or, like, it's just random luck of the draw stuff. Yeah. Um, I wish not to, I don't know, I feel like, mom and dad, this is is not your fault. I feel I feel like I there there's an element of cultural um, in influence Mm -hmm. that that kind of upbringing gives where you have Italy and you have like a sort of family history like the big family gatherings and stuff like my family moved away from New Mexico when I was young Mm -hmm. away from most of my family gotcha and then we didn't go back often enough there wasn't really much. Like, there's a, there's a cool New Mexico culture mm-hmm. that I really dig, but as far as, like, a family culture, yeah, there, there's a little bit of a lack of that as far as my personal experience. So, when you talk about how awesome it is <laughs> to, to is have that it. that awesome? There are a lot, <laughs> no, no, too, trust me. So, I know, I think, I think it's a, like, it makes me really happy to hear that it's played such a big part in your life and it really I mean as it should yeah because that's something not to really be taken for granted I yeah. feel so it's it's a cool thing awesome. thank <laughs> you, you really no sad. like I appreciate that too and it's like so many times I have to remind myself like mm-hmm. wow I'm fortunate to you know have a big support system family um that being said <laughs> That being said, a lot of, like, the cultural old school, if you will, mm. mindsets mm. are very different. So, have, like, what I mean by this. And <laughs> in, in me moving here, as one example. To Los Angeles. Yes. To pursue something that off the bat is mm. not a very financially secure secure anything i you know graduated four years of college i'm not like earning a full-time salary in acting i don't have a 401k in acting all all that thing is really mm-hmm. frowned upon and by who my whole family the whole family a lot of my i mean I don't want to say my whole family because, like... Most of the family. They they do, like, support me and whatever. Mm-hmm. But they will tell me how they really feel. Like, I love you all. <laughs> um, but, for example, like, my old school aunts and my mom. Oh, be like, Los Angeles. What the hell are you going to Los Angeles for? Are you an idiot? You want to ruin your life? You're going to go to Los Angeles? Okay, yeah. Have fun in the traffic for three hours. You're going to, like... That's what I get, and I will never stop hearing which that. Is, which is true. It's all true. It's all true. Really, what am I doing here? It's so <laughs> no, true. No, not like, that part. No, yeah, the traffic. The traffic, the... sure. But, um, so it's really nice to to have them, because mm. I, I love, like, having a large, close family. 
but mm. they are very vocal and they will always be vocal and they'll always have an opinion and they'll always love you, but that does come with it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so getting just like a different, like, like I appreciate you say like, don't take that for granted. And I don't, and I appreciate it so much, but there is like a lot yeah. more. That makes, there's more opinions because yeah. you have more people and yeah. mm -hmm. a, a different, uh, different backgrounds of a bunch of people and, and yeah. their opinions are rightfully, rightfully thought. Of course. And it's, it's cool to see that you powered through it regardless. Yeah. Um, and I guess on the flip side of my situation mm -hmm. with not having it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my parents have always been super supportive of all that. Like yeah. I've, I've, I did the college thing too for the mm -hmm. engineering field and all that okay. and yeah. um, never followed through with the work mm -hmm. and they've never really they given me too much of a hard time for it and they, yeah. they see that I, I enjoy what I'm doing and that that like just the follow through means a lot and yeah. so and they're the only people I have to like please like right. or that I even have to listen to because most of the family has been too disconnected from most of my life anyway to have an opinion that would mm -hmm. shake me in any way anyway yeah like, I don't know. makes sense so I have less opinions coming at me which is a plus <laughs> Ooh, sorry um but yes definitely all right so, so it's a, there's there's definitely pros and cons to both sides of it i guess yeah at the end of the day all right so you have the the italian upbringing um that influences you it influences you to this day yeah and uh all right go from there what was there okay. Or was there something you were going to continue on? Did we talk about China at all? Or was that just... Yeah, a... we could talk about China, too. Um, yeah, so I, I lived in China for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, in college, I had an internship out there. Right. So lived there for a few months, and I loved it. Um, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, but yeah. if you could recap... The, the coolness of the specific internship and how it combines who you are with yeah also who you are. Yeah, <laughs> so the internship itself was awesome. Um, as I mentioned, I, I also studied languages in school, mm -hmm. so I was taking both Italian and Chinese at the time, and my internship was at the Italian Chamber of Commerce in Shanghai. So... Everyone in the office spoke both Chinese and Italian. The dream. Yeah. <laughs> it was really intimidating, but it was a dream. Um, I have like a quick story of my first day of work there. Please. So I get to the office and my boss is, she was just like a strong, independent Italian woman. And... My first day, I go up to her, and in English, I'm like, it's so great to meet you. I'm so happy to be here. Can't wait to start. Let's get going. This is going to be wonderful. Thank you again for having me. And she stops me while I'm speaking, and in Italian, she says, in this office, we only speak Chinese and Italian, and walks away. <laughs> my jaw dropped to the floor, and I was like, Oh my god, I just ruined this whole internship for myself. So that was um my first experience ever of like working in an office setting and like mm. 
how much it can tear you down. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was really, really intimidating. But after that, it was an awesome internship. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm so thankful that I did get to work on it now. But funny, funny story from when Gianna was 19 in China. Excited. Yeah, because that, that's, that's a, um, that's a, I don't know if that, I don't know what the slap to reality, I don't know what euphemism, euphemism? <laughs> metaphor yeah yeah metaphor you could you could put in for that but that's uh that's a cool it's like weird because i was going to say like welcome to corporate america but we're in china and we only speak <laughs> Italian, so it's not corporate you could, you america could just say welcome to corporate corporate yeah welcome to corporate life life it's i've never really worked in an office don't do it like, like I've, I've witnessed... Stay here forever. Have you seen Philly Madison? No. Don't. Oh, my God. Stay in school. So good. If you, haven't, if you guys haven't seen it, Philly Madison, great movie. I recommend... I recommend Corporate America for a lot of professions, obviously, but if you, like, have a naturally creative mind... It's really difficult to sit at a desk for eight uh, hours a day doing paperwork. I feel or... like it's difficult for more people than and more people have mm-hmm. creative minds or at least enough of a creative mind that there's probably I just imagine anybody kind of gets some sort of itch and they don't even know what it is, but it's that create the creative unfulfilledness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, which I could see that for sure. So. And there's pros and cons to corporate America, too. Like, there's awesome jobs. I have a ton of friends that love their jobs. But my, my experiences have also been fine. But are, now I are, just have a passion elsewhere. So are the friends that like the jobs, are, mm-hmm. you, are they non-creative folk? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a like, couple of my friends, like, one of my friends um, works for Google. Lame. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's super It's cool. an awesome job. Well, how she describes it. But she loves her job. Loves it so much. That being said, it is like a like a desk job, essentially. She does, you know, marketing, advertising, sales, kind of does all it's that. Like, it's like hyper-corporate. Right. But Google is such an obviously large corporation where they've incorporated so much, like, creative... Mm-hmm. into the office itself and they have a lot of flexibility and they get a lot of benefits so it's not like typical corporate America it's like, kind of like the creative Pixar kind yeah, of space yeah like they have like a dog park in their office like yeah. what, what? I, I want that for like my apartment building that'd be I don't even have a dog but like, like I'd love that it's like can I just live here yeah versus, yeah. yeah so like she loves, she loves her job, um, and I have other people too who just like enjoy the work that they do. So I have mm-hmm. one friend who's in HR, and she just loves it. You know, she answers questions, she hires people, and she enjoys people she works with, which is another really, mm. really um, good. I feel like strong part that you need in corporate America is to have people you get along with in an office. Um, I found that because you're stuck. You're stuck you're, with them. Yeah, all day. Like you see those people more than you see your family. Sometimes significant others. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so so what? We didn't we didn't chat too much about China. 
mm-hmm. last time or or yet today. Yeah. But do you have any stories from China? Because yeah. I've had I've had some friends. Um, like I have a buddy from Reno that he like he's like a creative. He handles their promotional videos and stuff, and they okay. he they hire out of Reno for some reason for that. Cool. But he does like uh, I think it's like kitchenware and stuff, so he'll like get shots of like stoves and or whatever. Awesome. For so they fly out to China a lot to kind of talk with corporate there, and yeah. he'll do work at their studio for a bit to shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about how kind of how cool it is there and and whatnot. But I don't. I've never been, mm-hmm. and I don't know even, like, anything. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I didn't either, mm-hmm. and I really had no idea what to expect when I got there even, but... Where, um, where in China? I was in Shanghai, but we, we did a little traveling. We went to Guangzhou, went to Beijing, um, but mm-hmm. my apartment was in Shanghai. First of all, I know there's, like, a lot of stereotypes of what people think and, like and how do you pronounce it Shang- shanghai not shanghai yeah it's oh, shanghai is it shanghai it is yeah. good to know shanghai yeah shanghai. okay sorry no that's a good question shanghai um but it was super clean like mm. there were always people on the side of the streets like cleaning mm. and that, that's even really? like a funny story in itself like Everything is so different from America. Like, the streets look different, and the food is unbelievably different. It's not even like our Chinese food we have in America. Sure, like, sure. so different. But I just remember, like, the cultural aspect obviously mm. is huge. But watching, like, the man in the street kind of sweep the trash away. His broom was made of, like, tree branches. Mm, and mm-hmm. that's just something that, like, I feel like you don't see in America, you know? Like, they use mm. the resources they have mm. um, to clean the streets. Like, such a small example of just, like, how different our cultures are. And, like, the biggest things that were more or less, like, a culture shock for me was, like, transportation in Shanghai versus Chicago. Chicago Transit, widely used, like, if you live in the city and work Mm. in the city, you're going to take the L, you're going to take the Metra, like, a bus, the bus schedule is really good, like, transportation is very known and used there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I was already super used to it from Chicago, but using it in Shanghai was, like, so much to learn and so different, and just, like, uh, Obviously, there's a large population, and Mm -hmm. you know that going into this, but the amounts of people that are packed into these small car trains are wild. And, like, that was just, like, Mm -hmm. something I see. And cultural things that you pick up on over time where, like, Americans would see as disrespectful or rude Mm -hmm. is totally the opposite, and it's respectful in China. Mm -hmm. So one example I have of taking the train... A lot of times a car will look like it's full, but people who are getting on behind you will help push you in, like literally will physically push your back. I kid you not. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, why are you touching me? Because that's like the American reaction we have. 
Um, but they do it as like a sign of respect, like I'm helping push you in so one more person can fit behind you. And then you literally turn around and say thank you to that person who just pushed you. Like such a culture shock and like this is how it is here and it's okay. How, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. And I, I could show you a video later of just like the vast amounts of people yeah. on the train, you know? Because I'm, I'm trying to imagine from from almost like a character perspective yeah as the person pushing somebody into a train <laughs> i'm like how like you don't like you don't like you know no I'm, I'm really just, really i'm intensely. trying to imagine putting myself in the shoes of that person and thinking i'm doing a good thing <laughs> like it's a weird it's a weird I we're like, just weird so comprehension. not used to it and at first, I was literally like, oh my god, stop touching me. What's happening? And, and then you're like, thank you. Yeah, and I was like, thank, thank you so much. You really appreciate it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Things you just have to learn. Um, and that, I mean, I learn things like that every, every single day. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's also very okay and common just to, like, stare at people, which is something in America we've taught our children and polite, grow yeah. up learning that you don't point your finger, you don't stare at people, mm -hmm. you know, you go about your days, but they will stare. And it's fine. It's like not disrespectful, not rude. It's just part of culture. Mm -hmm. And like, it's interesting too, because when I first got there, my first two weeks was immersion in language, but also um, cultural changes. So that's mm -hmm. where I learned a lot of this too. Mm -hmm. And on the business side of things, like one thing they actually taught us in our course was how to have professional business exchanges with like your boss in China. And one thing they said that's really disrespectful is if your boss offers you a shot of alcohol, a drink, anything, you accept it and you drink it and you do it with them. Mm -hmm. If you don't, it's very disrespectful. Mm. And that's something you just like, would never hear in America, you know, like, and that was one of the first things they taught us is like, your manager will take you on, you'll most likely go out to a dinner, you need to do a shot with them. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, good luck, like. Yeah, I, I could see it, like, ideally, those situations are forms of respect. Exactly, exactly. Even, even in America, that's that's the hope. That's right. like the benefit of the doubt. It's like, oh, I'm off, like, this is a thank you for like, welcome on. Right. Let's do this. Cheers. Like that yeah. kind of that kind of thing. But of course, thing yeah, power and dynamics and stuff is yeah. different potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Just so many did you differences. Have, did you have an opportunity? Did you get offered shots and stuff? Or did, yeah. <laughs> so you're like, all right, I gotta do this. When they told me that, I was expecting it, but since our director, like the boss of um, my Italian Chamber of Commerce, she was Italian. We didn't do that because then I had like two different cultures in there oh, and right, I had right. to kind of adjust to the Italian culture and the Chinese culture in our office. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. It was really, different. really, really cool. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then I got to go to like a big gala that we were all invited mm, to and mm -hmm. I had helped plan. I felt super cool. How how did you handle the uh, I guess the lack of diversity in the country? Mm. Shock? Like how did how did 
how did that feel just walking about the world yeah and it not being america like yeah what was that like did did it feel like anything or was it i mean it's interesting so i'm not sure how I it is in italy like, like in comparison to america like the three right sections but like I feel like it's not a huge shock on my part because in America you see so much diversity. Like we're right. used to seeing all different cultures all the time, especially when you live in a big city. Like I was in Chicago, mm -hmm. I was fulfilled mm -hmm. with everything. everyone and everything. Um, so for me, like it was more simple, I guess, for me to be in that environment. On the reverse side and like after having conversations with natives I met there um it was seemed to be more strange for them to come encounter with me um because they didn't know much about mm -hmm. America mm -hmm. and what they did know was like from their from government or, yeah, yeah. websites or from mm -hmm. what they could find online so some of it might have been censored or whatnot so I felt like that was that was a bigger culture, I don't want to say shock, but like a bigger um, transition or mm -hmm. something to learn on their end but, more so than But mine. I guess just to clarify too, yeah. it wasn't, I'm just, was it, it, it wasn't diverse there or it was more diverse wasn't. than expected? No, okay. it was not diverse at all. <laughs> <laughs> at all. I was, I, I stood out of the crowd. Okay. Yeah. Which is hard, <laughs> difficult to say because I'm only 4'11". I don't stand out of the crowd very often. I'm very short. Yeah. Yeah. But every, so everyone was... Yeah, yeah. Chinese. Yeah, of course. And yeah. that being said, though, too, I was... The internship program I was on, we stayed with other international mm -hmm, students. Mm -hmm. So the apartment building I was in was not yeah, it was Chinese more... natives. It was all international students. But then we'd go out into the day and everyone had their own internships. So yeah. it would work all day. I, I see that, yeah. Yeah, so definitely best of That's cool. both worlds. But I think it's interesting for sure. Yeah, really. And I'd love to go back. I'd mm. love to go mm. back. You haven't ever been, right? Mm -mm. No, I, I've mentioned it before on the podcast. But yeah. the only place I've been outside of the North American continent mm -hmm. is Indonesia. Right. And that was, that was for a month. And that's kind of, that's the biggest thing that I took away was the, the Indonesian population over, like there was, yeah. you know, there's no diversity and yeah. I, I stood out like I, cause I'm average height in America, <laughs> <laughs> but Indonesia, I'm like super tall yeah and, and like actually like kind of built for like comparative to the, the, the local, uh, folk. Right, um, right. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, um, something you're not used to. And you're like, whoa. It's like, whoa. Hi. It's different. I'm on top of the world. <laughs> like, yeah. Be a star here. Yeah. All the eyes Love on that. me. Love that. Love um, that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you wanted to. All right. So being that you have these experiences, mm -hmm. and being that you want to go back, I guess what. What do you want to go back to do, or like what? What's what's pulling you back there? Because it, it can't be the yeah. internship because you already did that. No, no, <laughs> been there, done that, loved it. Um, I would go back. Shanghai. Shanghai. Honestly, for the food. 
to the same to same same city, or do you want to explore more? I China? would like to explore more. Um, but I loved Shanghai. Like I would totally go back just to, as a vacation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd live there again. Just like yeah. time in my life, what I want to do right now, I don't think I need to. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to visit mm-hmm. again, just to kind of see everything yeah, and, yeah. and live it. What was the What was again, the dish of, of choice? You oh mentioned gosh. the food. The dumplings were mm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Also, just like I ate something new like every day. It was oh, incredible. Like I would go off on my lunch during work, and there were these little like um, there's this restaurant across the street with like little boxes of food, and you would get mm. rice and you would get a hard boiled egg, but mm. it was like perfectly cooked every yeah, time yeah, and yeah. just like a little seaweed and it was just a meat of your choice like such a cool interesting delicious lunch that was extremely affordable and I would never be able to find something like mm-hmm. that here mm-hmm. it's weird how that happens but yeah dumplings like street food dumplings holy guacamole they are to die for mm-hmm. like to die for I also had a breakfast where, um, street food breakfast, where the man on the street would almost make, like, a crepe, but filled with, like, egg chives, like a little unsweetened donut, um, mm-hmm. red bean paste, all different flavors we don't use here, and it was out of this world. So good. And it was like 13 cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every morning for yeah. that. So Crazy. good. So just very Sounds cool. good. Sounds good. Because mm-hmm. no, I know well, I... No, no. Go uh, ahead. You <laughs> say you have to say first. <laughs> I think about um, in Indonesia, I loved the, um, the ramen that, oh, they, had, yeah. that mm-hmm. they had there. Mm-hmm. It, it feels so simplistic. Kind of like how you described the little rice and the boiled egg and how it's just... So simple. So, somehow... Really, really worked. Good. Yeah. Um, it was same. It was the same with the ramen because I I started out experimenting, like I think maybe the first week I was like, all right, I'm just gonna like dive in, and I don't want to like not say I didn't try this and try this and try this. Yeah. But I did kind of get back into like I'm just gonna stick with like chicken and ramen <laughs> because I don't like I'm not a big fan of like the fish like mm-hmm. just squid and slimy stuff and oh, like the, 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 slimy the, stuff. The, the gooey chewy drinks and like oh, yeah. I that's fair like just the texture yeah that's understandable but, but I gave it a shot and then I ended up just like being man ramen is great <laughs> I'm just gonna stick with this <laughs> anywhere that I can yeah yeah so it sounds sense. similar in, have, in a way have you been able to find a ramen somewhat equivalent or no I've never no it's never yeah I've tried ramen like, I want to eat at more ramen places in hopes of finding it. But it's yeah. like the ramen that they had in Indonesia that I liked was kind of more of the dry ramen with, like, the, kind of the egg mixed in and, like, that kind okay. of stuff. And very simple with maybe some sort of sauce or, like, whatever. But okay. a lot of ramen places here, kind of the default ramens are in, the like, the soup bowls. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I want the dry ramen. And then it's just, it's, I don't know, I just haven't worked hard enough. Yeah. 
But then I'm just like, I'm not going to find it. You're so. not, you're just, just, it's <laughs> so. not going to happen, so why are you going to try? <laughs> exactly. You can't get that. You've got to go back. That kind of how I used to Yeah, it. it's just like just to go back and experience it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Once again, another visit. Yeah, maybe a few more times, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, or once. Maybe you just need one more, and then you, can, then you can kind of go from there and try other countries. Yeah. Even, like, the difference in street food from Shanghai to Beijing was really different. So I was only in Beijing for a mm. weekend. Mm. Not very long. I didn't get a ton of exposure, but I was like, whoa, everything they sell on the street here is different or not totally made the same as they do mm. in Shanghai. Like, Shanghai has Shanghai-specific dumplings that almost mm. have, like, soup in them okay okay and beijing has like another type of dumpling so just like regional differences Whoa. are interesting too it's too much too much and their dialects are very different mm, mm. <laughs> like shanghainese versus beijing dialect i, I can't even speak on that because it mm. sounds so mm. different to me so you focused on shanghai I focused on Mandarin Chinese, just oh. like the universe, yeah, the overall. You weren't getting into dialects. Mi- no, I could not at all. Like, I can't even tell you something in Shanghainese. It was just okay. over my head. Sure. So Maybe now, <laughs> so now you're, you're kind of, so you, so you have some sort of seed planted in your brain from those experiences mm-hmm. that you want to, you want to see if you can kind of intertwine into into the actor slash film sphere in some way is kind of what you're bringing up which makes sense because you you want to lean you would want to lean into what makes you you and what helps you stand out and be creative Mm -hmm. um so i don't that's a a, yeah i know and i'm still like trying to figure out on my end like how I make that possible or like mm-hmm. what direction I even want to go in to start something like that. Like I thought about like, you know, American Girl in China situation, just doing like a short mm-hmm. about that, but um, I don't know how. And I don't even know if that's like the route I want to take, like I said. So mm-hmm. it's just still sitting on it. Um, but in terms of like my Italian-American background, I grew up watching, you know, all Scorsese mm, movies mm-hmm. and just, like, Italian, American, somewhat, like, mafiosa, godfather, like, watched all those, loved all those. Whether I, like, worked in a TV series or another, like, Italian-American historic film, like, based on real events kind of thing, I would love to bring that to life. I'd love to be a part of something like that in yeah, the future. yeah. Um, or even create something on my own. Yeah. So it definitely sounds like something to me that you definitely want to just keep in the back of your mind, regardless mm-hmm. of what direction you decide to go right now. Right. Because it sounds like it sounds like there's always something in the back of our creative brains. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this, mm-hmm. and then. As soon as an opportunity comes up that favors that other thing, it's, I'm going to pounce on it because I know it's, yeah. it's there. And yeah. just uh, keeping that energy going out that you want it is, yeah. is the, the tough unknowingness of the world, right? That we... Yeah, that everyone experiences. <laughs> that is true, huh? Yeah. 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 But it's all right. we can do. Mm-hmm. Just plan for future. Mm-hmm.
cool. Let me look at my other topics. Yeah. Ooh, dang, we're like at the end. Yeah. All right, cool. So we can do a thing. This is, uh, let's just try closing off. I don't know. This, this is, uh, Does your cat say talker, by the way? Yeah. Cute. You like it? Yeah, that should be like your podcast hat. No. <laughs> talker. That's fun. This is a shout out to... Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't think you'd mention bring it up. But. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, for those that are watching the video, this talker orange hat is uh, in support of a indie artist okay. who is called Talker, and this is uh, her, her, her merch. Love hat. it. So, super cute. Great merch. And girl. it always helps me stand out on set because it's just like super bright. And, I love it. And. It and also, you're like the talker. Let's go, everyone. It has multiple meanings. So I'm I'm pretty quiet on set. Like I don't I'm, I just chill and observe. So then my hat says talker, and it's kind of funny. I'm just uh, like Eddie. Yeah. And heard just say word. Nice so hat. let's try some rapid fires. Okay. And then and then end with that. Okay. I figure, yeah, I'll just ask you questions. Okay. Um. This is. These are going to be hard rapid fires. I'll throw you a tough one to start. Okay. What is your favorite joke? Oh, my God. Eddie, you don't want to hear my favorite joke. It's so dumb. All right, let's hear it. I like dumb jokes. It's really long. Okay, let's hear it. I can't say it. So you have one, though. Okay, all right. No, wait, I have a, okay, I have a funny story about my favorite joke. Okay. Um, so a couple weeks before I moved here, I was at a lake house with my friends, and we all were talking about, like, bad jokes. Mm -hmm. And my one friend was like, oh, my God, guys, Gianna has the worst joke, but it's, like, her favorite joke, and she's the only person who ever laughs mm -hmm. at it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I told all my whole friend group the joke, and everyone was like, oh, my God, Gianna, when you move to L.A., please never tell anyone that joke. Oh, no. I'll I'll save racist. I'll save the joke and the pain for for a later conversation with what kind Eddie. Of, what kind of pain does it bring up? Like I'm very curious. Nothing, it's just so dumb. It's like the it biggest dad joke, awful, long and yeah. It's just drawn out it's and just really, kind of really falls bad. off a cliff. And you're just like <laughs> you're like that's just it. We just wasted my time and yeah, no, I dig it. Later, but that's the joke. That's like the little. Preface of Gianna, do not tell this joke, and I'm going to stick to that rule. I will not say my worst joke ever. I'm so sorry to the audience that's great. listening. It's great. Um, rapid fire number two. Yeah. What is your least favorite beverage? Interesting. Wow, I don't think I've ever had that question. That's okay. An interesting. Least question. favorite beverage. Least favorite beverage. So you sip it, and you're like. Bleh. Icky. <laughs> Prune you juice. Spit, like it, you do the spit take after it too. Yeah. Like. Prune juice. Prune. I like like eating prunes, but they're not like my favorite food. I, I just yeah, have no juice. no roots. Yeah, prune juice. Um, morning, noon, or night? <laughs> night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did you eat for breakfast? Oh no, I already know that answer. I had a granola <laughs> bar here, and it was so much. good. Favorite color? Oh, um. Pink, but like a light pastel pink. 
pink, but like a, like an Easter pastelish. Exactly. Um, this question here on this website, number one sixty seven, is oh Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, what? <laughs> they're they're really doing the rapid fires here. Um, I love this. Let me do a couple more. I don't like leaning negative, but what chore do you hate doing? What chore do I hate doing? Mm-hmm. Cleaning the toilet. You do toilet cleaning? Yeah, like, no. <laughs> like, Obviously no. you do it, but like, who wants to do that? Who enjoys cleaning a toilet? I don't know. Not Ew. Yeah. Icky. What is the... Oh, wait, are you... No, um... <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm scrolling through the list. If you could be any animal, what would it be and why? A monkey so I can jump around in the trees. You like tree climbing or like the idea of I like the idea of like having arms that are long enough to take me from one location to another. I can't do that right now, so I think that'd be cool. So why the monkey and not like a bird of some kind? Because that could be a little bit simpler. That's interesting. I think um, I have no idea. Monkeys are like my favorite animal in general. I think they're like cute and cuddly, and they're like like humans in the sense that they have affection for one another. Um, Yeah. I guess I haven't given it like a ton of thought on what <laughs> that, animal that, I'd be like. No, that was rapid Maybe I dig even deeper and be like a giraffe because I'm the shortest person ever, no, and like no, then no, I could no, be tall. Like, oh, no. So many benefits elsewhere. Of the long neck. Okay, my rapid fire choice: monkey. It was monkey. All right, and then we'll end with a classic interview question oh, that I always struggled with. Oh God. And this is a little bit more broad than the interview question variation, but describe yourself in three words. Uh, I would say three adjectives, but okay. three words is what this thing says. Okay. I would say outgoing. Okay. Curious. And quirky. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Good answers. Thanks. I will tell a quick story myself okay about me being scarred ish not i'm overhyping it Mm -hmm. i i when i was young before i had my first job i believe i was interviewing for the local water park to just work in like the arcade or something sure and they had like a whole interview day and you had to like stand in the line and then get asked by a person at a desk some questions and i pretty much Answered them all wrong. But I think one of them was the adjective one, and yeah. I hated it. And then <laughs> the big question that I feel like made me not get the job, um, whenever I've actually had, like, a one-on-one interview, mm-hmm. for I don't think I've ever gotten a job from, like, a standard interview process. Yeah, it's hard. Um, but they asked how I feel about working with kids or how I feel about kids. Okay. Because arcades, like, you know, there's a lot of little kids around. Of course. And I'd be, like, 16 or 17 working there anyway, but that was a question. And I didn't hide my my dislike of... Oh, Eddie. <laughs> I hate I, kids. I, I'm like, well, they want the honesty. So my honesty, my honest answer was uh, I find them tolerable. 
Okay. I can tolerate. I can tolerate yeah. kids. Yeah. And I think that's what you want an employee to be able to do. Of course. You don't want them to like being around the kids. You just want them to tolerate them and whatever. Yeah. I guess if they enjoyed their job, that'd be a bonus. Of course. <laughs> but they didn't love that. No, that's not a good <laughs> that answer. That was not the answer they were looking for. That's maybe in the answer. ideal candidate. But. I'm sorry, little 16-year-old Eddie wasn't able to get the arcade job. It's for the best. It's for, for the, the best. best. Was, Since I've you probably it. would have like gone crazy with a bunch of kids running yeah. around when you just think they're tolerable. Yeah, so. exactly. Because I mean, that's a that's a classic like entry job. Is like, oh, you yeah. you work the you work as a lifeguard or you do the standard thing. But I didn't get to do that. It's okay. Darn. You know what? If you want to work at an arcade now, oh, you no. go out there no, and no. apply, and you'll get it. My, 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 the dream job that I would go back and get, uh-huh. uh, actually I wouldn't, is the movie movie theater job was always a dream. Because uh, I like the idea of just like early access. Like a ticketer. And, and, yeah. Yeah, but they don't get treated very well, I heard. Yeah. But that would be cool, though, to be like... New release just came out, and you're there at the movie theater day yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, like, like the day before. Yeah. The screener, yeah. That'd be really cool. But yeah, I guess. Unless, all right, so I don't know. We're at the end. Mm-hmm. I do want to give you a chance to say anything that was left unsaid. Okay. Or if you wanted to. Okay, I don't know what you want to do. Because yeah. I've, had, I've had, I've asked certain questions on like, how you want to see the world improve or anything, but... Oh, God, that's a thick question. I don't know. Do we have, like, another three hours? How do I want to see the world improve? A nice little simple answer, but... Um, do I have to answer no, that No, no, don't answer that one. That's too big. That's a whole other half hour. Great. Um, I guess last kind of words I'd say, I don't think there's anything else that I missed that I'd want to point out in particular, but... Um, Thank you guys all for watching yeah. and a huge thank you, huge shout out to Eddie for having me here mm-hmm. today. I'm so grateful. This was too much fun and I'm excited to see all your other episodes too. So Sweet. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so you can find uh, Gianna on Instagram as mentioned at yeah. Gianna Carly with an I. Yes, Same I tag on TikTok. You want to check out her uh, crazy her, her crazy, her <laughs> crazy self there, but yeah. <laughs>